0: All right,
1: let me read a quote. Let me read a quote. Quote, we're a team. We aren't going to let anybody come into our house and take over. We'll continue to work hard every day. We whipped their ass. That is Kenny Gainwell." Today, referring to the joint practices between the Colts and the Eagles. Welcome in, everybody. Sports take on this Tuesday. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. Yes, so uh, if you didn't hear, uh, this thing got chippy, friends. This thing got chippy to the point where they called this thing early, ended the practice because there was bench-clearing brawls. Of course. A lot of chippiness. Gainwell apparently got drilled. Kelsey didn't like it, blindsided and took one of their guys out. All hell broke loose. Prior to that, shockingly, Derek Barnett was involved in, in a scrum. This thing got wild today to the point where they, they ended it early and both sides are pretty ticked off. So let's go, man. Let's go. 19 days till this gets real.
2: What's well, up? Well, let, let, let's um, go back to yesterday, and, and I mentioned that I've seen so many video clips from around the NFL where extracurricular stuff like went to a next level. I mean, swinging, you know, multiple shots. Some guys look like they were boxers, man. Boom, 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 boom. You know, I mean, so when when you mentioned in our show meeting that Sidney Brown leveled somebody, I said, it's coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's coming. You know, Hey man, look, you got guys fighting for jobs. You got guys who are adamant about protecting teammates, you know, I'm not surprised once one bit that this jumped off. Oh, no, listen, no question about it. And yeah, earlier in
1: the practice, Sidney Brown drilled uh, Mo Alley Cox. Here's the thing. If you're doing the joint practices in Sydney with Sidney Brown, there's like two choices here. Either the other team better be ready because he he's not out there playing two-hand touch no. or you can't put him on the field because no, the guy bro. has one no. gear. He no. is out there to lay into people that's the way this cat plays
2: like i said last week i love his energy but there are times that energy is a liability instead of an asset and that was one of the that was the only knock on him sometimes he's so aggressive he misses you know yeah yeah. and the, the coaching staff has to do a better job of harnessing that energy redirecting that energy using it to be a consistent asset and not inconsistent. I mean, without taking away what he is, you know, he's like a heat seeking missile and that's all right with it's Okay. There's a lot of players that have come through the NFL that are like that, but they will also tell you they've learned how to rechannel certain things so that they are consistent and don't, don't miss a big play, you know? Uh, but the fact that he's laying people out, he's going to build a name for himself real quick. That Hey man, you better be paying attention when this dude is on the field. Yeah, your head better be on a swivel, man. <laughs> yeah. Seriously.
3: So,
1: Zaire yeah. Franklin on the uh Jason Kelsey blindside hit. He was the one who took the, the the brunt of it the blow. Yeah. Quote, he snuck me. I wasn't looking. And he he's a local kid. He went to uh LaSalle High School. So yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good, man. Um so Cam Jergens on the uh Discussing Jason Kelsey's fifty-yard dash before, so he he apparently went a long way to lay him out, which set all this off. He said uh, he had top speed there, so apparently Kelsey took a long run. He didn't like what happened with Gainwell, and he's protecting his guy. This is awesome, man! And you don't get this in preseason games.
3: Let's you, go!
2: Let's go! Where's oh, my neck roll, Gunner? Can you yeah, can you imagine what this game could be like Thursday? Oh, can oh. you imagine? Yes, and both teams ticked off. And even though they don't practice tomorrow, they don't forget. Uh huh. They don't forget, you know. And especially some guy who felt he got embarrassed, he's gonna get a shot in on somebody Thursday night. Now, I can't wait to see how Derek Barnett figures into all of this. You know? Oh God. Oh, on man. Thursday night, I guarantee you, like, the coaches are probably going to preach to the high heavens. Look. I don't want any cheap stuff. Somebody could get hurt. One of our own could get hurt. The players stand there, look at them. Come Thursday night, that ball's in the air. It's a whole new ball game, bro. I'm yeah, telling it's... you right now. Yes. All the technique, <laughs> all the discipline, all the verbal schooling from the father, meaning the head coach, goes right out the window come Thursday night.
1: Isn't that one of the great things? Look, I know I'm, I'm going to sound barbaric, whatever. I that's one of the things I love about football is sometimes you just throw all the other stuff away and you're like, I'm going to hit somebody. Like it's odd. You know, like it's it's one of the things we love about football. Sorry, I, I mean, I, I what I, no, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry.
2: It, it's 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 a far cry from the football we grew up watching. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the eras of the Jack Hams, the Jack Tatum's, oh, um, Andre Waters, Andre Waters, Jack Lambert. Um, you know, um, who's the safety Hall of Fame? so Steve Atwaters. Oh. Uh, Steve Atwood, oh, uh, uh, cam chancellor, mm-hmm. you know, those, those days are gone because of uh, all the protection, you know, it, it's gotten to a point where remember ESPN used to do the, you got knocked the bleep out. They stopped doing it yep. because they didn't want it. Um, public, they didn't want it. They didn't want to promote, no promote that kind violence. of violence, you know, right. but we couldn't wait to see you got knocked the bleep out, you yeah. know, It was part of football, but not anymore. Everything's like two hand touch now. But hey, these controls, control scrimmages. I'm not surprised (laughs) one bit. These
1: uncontrolled scrimmages. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, good. This you're right. This could set up. But it's funny, man. And this is very on brand with Jalen Hurts. Jalen's ticked because he wanted to get more work in, so he's angry that it ended early. (laughs) Is that not so him? That is so Hurts. That's That's so him, man. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, as more unfolds here from practice, we'll, we'll pass it along. Hey, by the way, uh, also, in addition to that, James Harden slapped with a $100,000 fine for his comments, calling Daryl Morey a liar. So the way that, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he tweeted out about 11 minutes ago for the league's purposes on the fine, Harden's comments that he would never be a part of the organization that included Maury played a bigger part in the fine than the liar part. It touched on the league's uh, rules concerning public trade demands.
3: Uh, Take it
1: for what it's worth. So in other words, the fine really is a result of saying, I would never play with an organization that he's a part of more than he's a lot. I'm just telling you what, you know, what, Woj throws out there.
2: Okay. Now, now I, I'm like everybody else. I'm not going to sit here um, and defend James Harden for anything. But you mean to tell me he got fined for basically expressing his feelings? Um, is Daryl Morey going to be fine? Now, we don't know the backstory. We don't know what was said. He said, she said, all that. Yeah. But if it's come comes to light that Daryl Morey, let's just say Daryl Morey lied to, to James Harden about, hey, if you opt in, we'll do this. Is he going to be fine for lying to the player? Yeah, I mean, if, if that's found out, he should be hell yeah. He I should. If that happens, right? Uh, but but because he said he would never play for an organization, so basically what he's so basically the league stance is James Harden, who is considered a prominent player in our profession, is basically t- tainting or handcuffing the 76ers from possibly getting better free agents in the future. Is that what they're saying? Correct.
1: Or oh, 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 what they. No, I mean, I think more than more than anything else, Gunner. They don't want the like. For example, they wouldn't want uh, Kevin Durant coming out and saying, "You know, I really would like to play for the Lakers. I really want to be traded to the Lakers. Like, they don't want that. They're trying. I hear you. I, I get what you're where you're coming from. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just telling you what the what the league how they're going to spend this. So,
2: and, and let's be honest, a hundred thousand 000- dollars. That's like me and you dropping a ten dollar bill and you're going diving on it. Hundred thousand oh. is nothing. Harden is is cackling at a hundred thousand dollars. He'll make that up in some side venture. Correct. in a minute. yep, I agree. You want to hit him with half million, a million? That's a little yeah. different. Yep. Ban him, ban,
1: ban him from the clubs. You know that's
2: yeah. how you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. really get <laughs> Ban him from nightlife for six months. That'll kill him worse than <laughs> losing a hundred thousand dollars, man. Pretty funny, man. You serious? I know, I know. But anyway, so there was there was
1: some kind of repercussion, yeah, for whatever, whatever oh, man, it. A hundred thousand dollars. I know, I know. It was pretty funny. So back to back to Eagles practice. I told you, Hertz isn't wasn't pleased that it was you know stopped or whatever. So he was right. meeting with the media. Darius Slay came up and asked him for an autograph during his his media session.
2: <laughs> it's pretty funny. I know. This team uh, is loose, having fun. That's the way it should be, man. Yeah. Yeah. They got a certain swagger about them, dude. You know. How uh, about this?
1: There was, a, <clears throat> there was a trick play uh where Gainwell threw a pass. That was one that Steichen installed in the offense while he was here, and the Eagles never ran it. And they ran it today against it. This thing was kind of interesting today. There is a little yeah.
2: a little feistiness today to, to well, both uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, well, I saw the I saw the video um earlier before the practice session started. Shane is out on the field, you know, exchanging pleasantries with Jeff Stoutland. But yeah. once the once the whistle blew, that was it. It was on. It was on today. It was on. Good.
1: So you you're right, man. Like Thursday now gets a little more interest. You know, you a little little more intent on on Thursday night.
2: It just got real.
1: Yeah, it did. And Anthony Richardson is starting Thursday night too.
2: Yeah, but I don't see the Eagles, I don't see the Eagles starting many start. I know the offense is not gonna play. Why would you put them out there in that no, game? No,
1: but here's what I want to see. I want Mariota to go against the ones for the Colts. If Steichen wants to throw his ones out there, great. I want to see Mariota respond to, you know, see what he looks like with with, with their big boys out there.
2: Yeah, because the Colts have a decent defense. I'll give them that. They don't have yep. much on the offense. Yep. So you putting the Eagles defense against the Colts offense was like putting, you know, AAA against major leaguers. Mm-hmm. But the Colts had a good defense, you know, and that kid Darius Leonard in the middle, Ooh. Uh, he's a stud, you know. Um, so I, I like you. You're right. I'd like to see what Mariota could do against that because he's had two bad preseason games. Mm-hmm. It can't get worse, Rob, can it? Can it get
1: worse? Uh Derek, you never know, man. That's all I'll tell you. Uh, never know. Pretty cool that they, they, uh, Shady was at practice today. Yeah, uh, Dick Vermeil was at practice. Shady actually started asking questions uh, to to Jalen very eventful day down there today. Uh, but he started asking him questions when he was uh, he was up there meeting with the media. So it was, a, it was a, an interesting day at the Nova care complex. Shady's
2: making rounds. I saw him down in Dallas uh, at, at the Cowboys practice. Um, and he was at a few other practices. Shady's making a tour of different camps and stuff. Like obviously him being a, a Pennsylvania native, it's only natural that he would come here uh and, and does he still is have important. a home in this area or is he up in harrisburg i, I don't even know uh, that's a good question i do not know if he still yeah. has a home in philly or not yeah you know, uh, well, I know and he- look
1: he, he, gunner he's also pushing i mean he he wants to make the move i mean he wants to make the national move i think he wants to be a part of this uh undisputed crew and all that kind of stuff. I One of the names we'll, we'll get into later who's going to be a part of it, but well, I think he wants to get involved in that, too.
2: Yeah, he probably does, but he's on a national platform. He was on a show with Emanuel Acha, yep. uh, which is which is a really good debate show, um, but, you know, whether you like him or not, if you attach your name to Skip Bayless, you get notoriety for that. You do. Yeah. You do. Um, uh, and, and now I'm looking at the crew they're assembling uh, to debate Skip Bayless on that show now. oh, oh. oh is going to be interesting because he's it got some money that it won't back down now.
1: No, for sure. And, yeah, we'll tell you who the latest is uh, in a little bit. But, yeah, so Eagles eventful practice today. Uh, Phillies. Phillies come back and win. It looked early like it was going to be a short outing for Aaron Nola yep. and an ugly loss. But, no, he settled in and then the bats, you know, took it from there. And they uh, they handed it to the Giants last night there. You know, I, I, the headline's going to be all the home runs and all that. I thought A Nola settling in and the Phillies defense, man, was very
2: good last night. Yes, yes. Um, everything came together just like it did on Saturday for the team against the Nationals. It was the perfect storm for the Philly. Every phase of the game uh, they played. They did. They handed it, they handed it to the Giants. Of course, the Giants helped them. That was one of the worst defensive performances oh, I've seen this season. In how about
1: the outfield play by them?
2: Oh in left field? How about the left fielder? So left center? They were terrible. Ball goes over his head. I mean, what, oh. what you know, the guy at third base, sales won the first base. Really I mean, bad, man. Really bad. Yeah. Look like watching the bad news bears, man.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm telling you. That was uh but you know what? You'll take it, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, let, let's let's be real for a second. And it and it's the most fun play to watch in baseball. But Harper's inside the park home run, it was awesome. But oh, that's it. That's an error. That's an the outfielder kicked it twice. I mean, he dropped the ball twice. I'm twice. like, are you kidding me? But again, awesome to watch. It was great to watch. But um, yeah, good win. Very good win. And that's the way you started off, man. Little yeah. statement out of the shoot. And then yes. again, to Nola's credit, he settled in after he gave him a couple of solo shots. He did a nice job. Also last night, uh the streak is over. Yes. <laughs> so, hallelujah. I, I've never seen a team celebrate like Washington celebrates after they hit the field goal to snap Baltimore's 24-game, uh, preseason game win streak.
2: A preseason game. You thought they had won a division last night. No. Now, oh. I, I got to ask you this, you being the Philadelphia native that you are. Josh Harris, he was in the press box being interviewed by the uh, broadcast team. And, uh, and Buck. And yeah. Buck. And then you see him on the sideline high-fiving everybody when the field goal go, uh, goes through to win the game. Um, Did it make you cringe just a little bit To see that
1: Cringe is a good way to put it It was so awkward So if you haven't seen it He's in the middle of Aikman and Buck Alright so Buck is Here's Buck Here's Josh Harris uh, he, Actually it's the other way So whatever If you're looking at the screen To your right is Buck In the middle is Harris yep. To the left is Aikman Joe Buck's you know, talking with his hands basically and at yep. one point he's making a point, he's got his hand out like like this, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Josh Harris thinks he's sticking out his hand to shake hands with him in the middle of the point and awkwardly reaches over and shakes hands. You're like, what are you doing? And if you look at Aikman, Aikman's trying not to laugh while while this is going. He's like, All right. All right. <laughs> he's just he's awkward and dorky. And and yeah, did it dorky. bother me? Dorky. Yeah, he's dorky. Did it bother me? Yes, it it does, and it bothers me, and it will bother me. It will bother me seeing him, especially if they beat the Eagles, in there laughing and dorking it up with his with the fellow dorks. Yes.
2: <laughs> is that your word of the day?
1: Dork dorking. Yes, it was dorkish.
2: <laughs> oh my god! I, I think Josh Harris is a guy who is 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 always visible because of the entities he's owned. But is not well schooled in the art of being interviewed, and it showed last night. And I don't know if that's something he wants to get better at, you know. But you could tell it was really awkward, especially when you listen to his banter. He's trying to keep one eye on the game. They're asking him questions, and you're listening to his answers, and they're like, "Huh? What? What? What did you just say?" You know, and then on the, uh, you know, I'll put it in this category, Robin. I've said this before, you know. Um, I understand what you're saying wholeheartedly having been in this market since 1997 and understanding the passion and the loyalty of the Philadelphia fan base. But that man has fulfilled a dream. He grew up watching, watching the Washington Redskins. Now he's own, he owns a team that he grew up watching as a kid. How many people can say that? I get to own a team that I grew up watching and adoring and admiring my whole youth. And now I'm one of the principal owners of this team. You know, I, I understand what you're saying. I agree with you 100%. But you know what? That man's living a dream. I can't knock you for that. He is living the dream.
1: And live it with another team that's not in the NFC East. Oh, and I know understand. you're from Maryland and all that. Blah, 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 blah. I don't like seeing it. That's all. That's all. I don't like seeing it. So, uh, but yeah, he <laughs> it, was, it was, but I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know about you. I watched a lot of that game. I it, did too. It, it, the end of the game, like, I was
2: invested to see if Washington I would go did. down there and break the streak. I watched it because I wanted to see the Sam Howell, who I thought did fairly well. Yeah, he, it, he, he it made escaped. some plays. Yeah, he yeah, escaped a few times, made some plays. Um, and I was watching the receivers. And they got a couple of young receivers to keep an eye on uh, Washington. You know, I'm watching this stuff because we're going to have to talk about them soon enough. Um, I watched it. And I also watched it because of the street. Now, here's the thing. Because I was doing so much with my grandkids and stuff, and, uh, you know, we, we cooked out and stuff like that, I did D-Guns, Famous Wings, you know, nice. cooked out. You know, I did some Sunday for my son's birthday. Did some stuff yesterday. Um, so I taped the game. And I deliberately had to stay away from my phone and stuff because mm-hmm. I didn't want to know the outcome of the game. I just started watching the game, the, the, the Ravens game, until, like, about 10 o'clock. Oh, okay. You know? So, yeah, you were a little bit
1: behind. All right. Yeah, okay. so
2: I watched most of the Phillies game, saw all the key moments in the Phillies game, um, and then running around chasing grandkids, and then I watched, started, settled in after the, all the kids had left and stuff and watched the game and, and stayed away from social media and stuff so I could be surprised in terms of if they did or did not break that streak, mm-hmm. you know. And you can tell Harbaugh wanted it. You know that was a heck of a goal line stand by uh, by Baltimore. Oh, great on tackle! A two point on a two point conversion. Yeah, yep. And you see Harbaugh up and down the sideline, slapping people on helmets, high five. You can tell it means something to them. He I mean, wanted,
1: he wanted it, and, and you know, to his credit, he always he he doesn't duck away from it. He's like, yeah, I think it's
2: pretty cool. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah, it's fun, It's funny and it's cool in the same breath. We never we may never see anything like this again. Yeah. But still, the fact yeah. that they had won twenty four straight preseason games and it's a major story.
1: Yeah, it's well, true.
2: It's pretty cool, man.
1: All right, that's good. It, it was it was an interesting night. All right, so Jason Kelsey uh, on the brawl quote: "I let my emotions get the best of me." Um, he went on to say that was not okay. That was unacceptable by me. Guess what? He he's saying all the right things, but I guarantee you, Kenny Gainwell is saying, "My man,
3: yeah, yep. oh yeah." Oh, you yeah. got
1: my back man I got your back like I guarantee you that that not that Kelsey needed to do anything to get street cred all right but that goes a long way with teammates when you're you're not gonna have it when one of your guys gets hit you're gonna you gonna take somebody out and that's you better
2: believe, you better believe it it goes it goes along the lines of the culture the brotherhood that they have they have something special in their locker room they're still on a mission they have a lot to accomplish there's a bond there and, you, and when an offensive lineman does that for a running back, You know, the running back will not hesitate to do the same thing for one of his offensive linemen, one of his teammates, period. When those guys do stuff like that, as funny as it sounds, it's character building. It's camaraderie building. It's cohesiveness building. Mm -hmm. It's all of that and then some. This is a close-knit group of guys, offense and defense. And they're going to protect their own, and that's the kind of message they're sending. But come Thursday night, Get your popcorn ready. Exactly. Now the thing is, most of the guys that were involved in the brawl might not even play on Thursday night. I
1: don't, the chances of you seeing Jason Kelsey on the field no. Thursday night are, are no. there's not even a slim. There's a none and none. <laughs> you can see yes, Jason no, Kelsey. No. no
2: Give no, me a break. No. Well, the only way you to would to see to Kelsey,
1: Kelsey is if Jalen Hurts was on that field and you ain't seeing Jalen Hurts on that field either.
2: No. Yeah. Nope. 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 There's too many fluke accidents out there in these games and these control practice sessions. No 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 my franchise quarterback we'll see you first game of the season see you in new england Playing exactly the right
1: yeah exactly right but yeah so if you didn't hear if you're just jumping on uh things extremely chippy between the colts and the eagles to the point where they had to call it it got so testy so uh, barnett was involved in something earlier kenny gainwell got hit hard and jason kelsey didn't appreciate that so then he laid out one of their guys bench is cleared Coaches is trying to separate guys, the whole nine. So they, they just said, you know what? We're done. We're done for the day with this. Uh, we're we're going to call quits and make sure nobody else gets hurt here. So they end things a little bit earlier uh, than, than they would have. But uh, I, I like it, man. It, you know what it feels like? It just feels like we're getting close. You know, yeah,
3: it's, it's, yeah. that's what it
1: feels like. We're, we're 19 days away uh, from the Eagles playing, I guess we're, God, what are we? We're only two weeks from Thursday from, from 16 days away. Yeah. Uh from this thing being real. So uh yeah, and, that'd be the Lions and tra- and Training camp
2: officially ends this week. Correct. The actual training camp. This well, is it, I think. This, this is, is what you would call the, the late. So, tomorrow tomorrow's yeah. a walkthrough. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then get the last meaningless game and then the long, arduous wait for the real deal to hit. You know. But Hey, you got guys fighting for their lives, man. You know, yeah. you got guys trying to set a tone, and especially a team like Indianapolis, new coach, new coaching staff, uh, new franchise, alleged, you know, we'll see franchise quarterback, new direction. You know, they're trying to build something there. They're trying to build something that the Eagles already have established. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to take some while. Shane Steichen knows that. Um, but I would love to be able to fly on the wall to see what the coaches said to the players after this practice. Yeah, I mean, Jalen no, Hurts, Hurts told media, we keep that in house.
1: I, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. That's what he was saying. Yeah. We, we keep that in house. Yeah. He asked what, what Sirianni said to them and said, smartly said, we keep," okay. as you would expect, there's no chance.
3: Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I wonder if, I wonder which coach lambasted his players for, for basically costing us valuable practice time and which coach, applauded them for standing up for what they believe in and standing up for their teammates Football, think, a weird mind game man i know i can't see sirianni getting on them I, I i think maybe he was just like hey
1: we don't need anybody hurt like you know just keep it moving but i don't i don't think i don't see him getting on kelsey for that kelsey did it because he had game wells back man i mean exactly
2: uh yeah but you know what coaches mean. are this is valuable practice time even more so than a preseason game i you guess guys, you know what i'm saying so yeah, there's different mindsets to this thing. Some co- some coaches say, "Hey, look, good job. Way to stand up for your teammates." Yep. We have we you know, like Gamewell said, "We ain't taking crap from nobody." Yeah, I hear you. All right, we're going to come back
1: uh and we are going to dig into what was a great cover piece uh from Sports Illustrated on Jalen Hurts. A lot of interesting tidbits in there. Some other things, man, you're going to want to hear also what Darius Slay had to say about Jalen Carter. Uh, so we'll get into that, a bunch of other things to, to cover we'll, we'll tell you who was running with the ones, who was running with the twos today In this very eventful joint practice, a lot of stuff to get to We'll keep it rolling with the birds In the segment after that, Gunner, we're going to compare the Eagles offense to the NFC East We'll go through the quarterback position for the four teams We'll go through running back, wide receiver, tight end, O-line We're going to look at the Eagles offensively compared to the NFC East And who you'd take Uh, At these positions I will do all of that When we come back Don't go anywhere That's Derek I'm Rob We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network Let's talk about Bravo Pizza Of Havertown Yes, Bravo Pizza They are a part of The crew here Sports Take uh, Jacob Sports as well I've been going there Since I was a kid They've been family owned Since 1985 I was in there Saturday night In fact, getting uh, pizza, fries A couple other odds and ends And every single bit of it Hit the spot I gotta tell you Uh, A great thing is The food is fresh Every single day uh, they have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the you name it, they'll make it style pizza. It's, it's specialized, however you want it. But if you're not up for pizza, they have pasta, they have sandwiches, they have wraps, they have wings, they have salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers chari- for charities, for schools and little leagues where the proceeds go to those organizations. They take care of their own. Uh, you could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook. For daily specials and promotions, Uh, check them out. Just go there in person. 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
0: Eagles, Eagles. All right,
1: welcome back in, everybody. Rob <laughs> You Derek. Uh, so <laughs> you are you are a goofball, man. So during the break, <laughs> he sends Tone and I. I can't even tell you what he said us, but <laughs> just keep it moving. Anyway, I'm expecting something about the show. Oh, here's the latest on what happened with the Eagles. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll keep it safe for work for you folks, and we will. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Yes, uh, Tone says you need Jesus in your life. I agree with that. I All do. Right.
3: I
2: have him in my life. Hey, yes, look, sir. I just happened to be scrolling. Up and down Twitter, and I see somebody retweet this, and I'm like, what? You- <laughs> "What?
1: It involves Ted Nugent. If you want to look it up, that's all. I'm, I'm leaving it at that. I am absolutely Ted News. Ted Nugent, a little different, dude. <laughs> yes, he is it's a lot different. We had we had him on one time when I was producing Daily News Live during the the Republican Convention in in at Wells Fargo Center in 2000. This is what, tw- jeez, man, 23 years ago, but. uh, We got him to come on the show. He was nuts. He was nuts, man. It was interesting. I'll say that. It was interesting. Wow. Uh, um, All right. So, Tone, you have the cover of of Sports Illustrated. This is a a very well-done piece by uh, Greg Bishop, who was a senior writer for Sports Illustrated and uh, did an awesome job, I thought, with this. And there's Jalen Hurts right there uh, on the cover, Philly's New Fresh Prince. Ah uh, very well done. I read the I read all that I mentioned to you yesterday I was kind of halfway through it when we got on the air yep. um but I had an opportunity to read the the uh, the rest of it and I thought it was really good, Derek uh, on a lot of fronts it sort of confirms some of the things you you already knew that like his brother calls him the robot yeah. affectionately yep. like this dude is disciplined like he literally has every hour of his day carved out. And I don't just mean practice like, Hey, we're lifting now. And, and uh, I mean, off season, like I'm, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going here and then I'm doing this and then blah, 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 blah. Everything is laid out to a T, tee. Um, and he's been doing this since he was a kid. Uh, this, this goes way back. He actually had initial thoughts to be a baseball player yeah. uh, back yeah. in the day. And then, you know, kind of football he played. I think what did, he played tight end and I think he played somewhere else and it just wasn't working out and
2: at one point didn't he play like offensive line Is
1: yeah cool? yeah and all the while he's listening to his dad and soaking it all in and and paying attention to what's happening with the quarterbacks and the dad didn't think he was paying any attention he was just being a kid he was, he was out there doing his thing but when he stepped in he had it all down like he had it all down and he was ready to roll and it was uh it was it was a fascinating piece a lot of takeaways from it Derek
2: his, his agent even was quoted as saying, sometimes you wonder if he's 25 or 45. Yeah. You know, for a young man to, to be that disciplined in your life, that's unheard of at 24, 25. You're still figuring out who you are. You you still, you, you basically, you're scrambling in life. You're either just getting out of college, trying to figure out what you want to do, yeah. um, or you're still trying to fine tune who you want to be. This guy knew who he was as a kid. You know, in, in terms of just consistency, um, being meticulous in everything that he did, um, he's not out there, he doesn't, he's not the kind of guy from what we read who seeks attention. Uh, he doesn't care about no. individual accolades, he wants the team to succeed. It's always about we with this guy, mm-hmm. it's never about me, you know. Uh, even when he relaxes. Is structured like the article talked about him going to Houston, uh, for family get together, a prom, and things like this. Everything he does is structured in his life. I'm not even as structured in my life now, I, I'm structured, but not to that degree. No. You know, he's he's
1: a different universe than, than most of us, he really is. He he just, I, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, he'd be successful in anything he did without prepared and organized, he is, but part of it also is as he's having the great year last year and all the while with any spare time that he has where he's not living in the film room or working out or practicing, he's getting his master's. So he graduated, you know, uh, this spring from Oklahoma to, with his master's degree. He's already got a, a bachelor's from Alabama.
3: Yeah, I, I mean,
1: yep. how many guys who are making the kind of money that he was making and about to get paid the way that he was, he was about to get paid with this new contract. Well, we take the time to go back and get their masters too. And 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 they also talked about how when he was at Oklahoma, he could have just taken one or two classes in yep. you know, woodworking and just kind of slid by. He was taking like a real course load the, the time he was there.
2: The thing is, he's already got a long term plan for his life at 24 25. I love the excerpt in the article where it says. When his agent told him here's what the Eagles are offering 255, 110, uh 179 guaranteed, 110. Soon as you sign your name on the dotted line, he approves it and goes right back to working out. He was in California when he found out. Yeah, he goes right back to working out, not celebrating or anything like that. He gets back in there to perfect his skill. Dude, you don't you don't hear that 24, 25 years No, old. I mean, tell look, Derek, somebody says to you, uh, here's 250 million. I'm
1: probably gonna go grab some lunch and, and kick back for a minute.
2: I'm like, calling enjoy everybody. And I'm close to. I'm gonna have a little mini celebration yeah. wherever I am. Yeah. You know, um, this dude goes back to the grind. You know. Okay. Thanks. Get it done. Boom. I'm, he's back to the grind. Dude. You know. Yeah. It's nonstop with him. There's always room. He's always seeking for to be better. You know. That's that can be good and bad. Sometimes you you push yourself to a point where. You unravel. I don't think that's going to be him. You know, you put so much pressure on yourself that if it doesn't come to fruition the way you want it to, it's like you just disintegrate, Mm -hmm. self-disintegrate. I don't see that happening for him because that's the way he's been ever since a kid. If it's something that he just took on when he got to a certain point in his life, okay, but he's been this way. This is the norm. This is not the exception to the rule with him. This is who he is. This is how he is. And everybody around him just accepts it. Yeah. You know, and I think the word robot is very accurate from his brother. I wouldn't say robot. I would just say consistently regimented. That's what he is.
1: Regimented, structured.
2: Yeah, good yeah. ways to put it. Yeah, yeah. good ways to put you it. Know, cons, cons just, you know, he's just, he has a game plan. Even on his off days, he has a game plan yeah. already in place. That's I'll unbelievable. Take, unbelievable. I'll tell you what I also
1: took away. So that there's that Adam uh Dodo, I think is how you say it, or Dedero, whatever whatever yeah. it is. He, he's he's one of the quarterback gurus who's got a really, a gr- he's got great cl- clientele. I mean, he's got big time guys and has. He's had Drew Brees and Rogers and and like this guy's legit, right? He works with quarterbacks in Southern California, but he already had tons of guys. Uh, he had uh, a one year old child and he wasn't looking to take any more people on. He just didn't he didn't have the time, right? So Jalen Hurts reach out reaches out to him. And and this guy calls him back, and he's he's like, "Look, I'll talk to Jalen. I'll I'll give him the respect of of telling him. I'm just I don't have the time for this, right?" And figures it's going to be a five minute conversation. He ends up talking to Hertz for fifty two minutes.
2: Yeah, and season?
1: And takes him on because he's so blown away with with what Hertz had to say to he's him. Telling him, yeah, yeah. So and that and then they're doing all these kind of unique like he has him swinging a baseball bat. He has him throwing from these weird weighted
2: footballs
1: weighted football making them yeah. uncomfortable in in situations um and he said one of the interesting things that that hertz did was he said to him like you're giving me too much feedback like too immediately and he said the only other guy who ever did that was Drew Brees he said yeah. he, he respected that that he did that um but that was I thought that was interesting um the the J- Jeff Lori Jeffrey Laurie's quoted in the thing is saying we were obsessed with Hertz he said yeah. one of the things they look at is how you overcome adversity. Adversity, and who better than you know, a guy who got benched in the championship game, and the, and the sub comes in and throws the game-winning touchdown.
2: Yeah. So they really like that component of it. And, and then he goes on to Oklahoma and has these, even j- just as much success yeah. in Oklahoma. You know, didn't get to a national championship, but he 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 hit the ground running and, and took the job there. Yeah, you know, and look at the numbers he put up in his final year is uh, at Oklahoma. Uh, Before he he became a pro, you know, Um, you know, there's something to be said for um, consistency in one's life. And this, this guy, he's not the biggest quarterback out there, you know, by NFL quarterback standards, but you will not find another quarterback that will outwork him in the classroom, on the field, in everyday life. You know, it's just, I read the article and I'm thinking, is this – and I'm thinking the same thing. Is he 40? Is he a 40-year-old trapped in a 25-year-old body? That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: it, it was pretty crazy. All right, so that was cool. If you get a chance to check it out, very well done. Very uh, SI.com or Sports if you still get the, the – the and by the way, I used to love – Derek, I used to get Sports Illustrated. Uh, I did too. Every week, man. I, I really used to look forward to it, man. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed Sports Illustrated in, in a big way. It's a shame we, you know, magazines are kind of, are kind of you know, dying here with, with everything digital. But the old school magazine arriving, there used to be something cool about that. But
3: those what
2: happened? What, what what happened, Rob? How do we how do we fall from grace with, with SI? I was like you. I would say there was at least a ten year period. I had a subscription to Sports Illustrated, and even their footballs. I couldn't oh, wait for so all good. I couldn't wait for from August through the Super Bowl. Their, their insight on different players and different teams and historical moments was second to none. I agree. And then even when football season was over, they'd have great insight stories, baseball players, basketball players, hockey players, Olympic players, you know, equestrians, so on and so forth. I used to just love reading the articles because they would give you, the collection of writers they had was incredible and they give you insight. But then all of a sudden, I stopped getting it. I don't have time anymore. Uh, you know
1: why? I mean, all you do is go to this. That's all you have to do, and you can read everything. It's right there. You're not. You're not gonna. You know, subscribe or 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 you know, wait for it to come in the mail. You,
2: it's the immediacy thing, man. It, like, it was awesome. Like, like a few weeks ago, the first time I was saying at least ten years, I bought an SI. I saw it on the, on a supermarket stand. I bought it because Sauce Gardner was undercover, and I wanted to read. Now you talk about a guy uh, about a guy who's focused. If you can't get that article about Sauce Gardner, okay, uh, he's on the cover of that SI. Another great insightful story in a young man who's light years ahead of his age in terms yeah. of what he wants to accomplish, what he's done, what he plans on doing. I mean, it's like those are rarities, and it's like you don't even when you look at stories, all the stuff we have on our phones now, you still don't get that perspective. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
1: I love the feature pieces too. Like and 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 Dan brings up uh, Doctor Z Paul Zimmerman. He was awesome.
2: Oh, he was he really, one of the best. No incredible,
1: incredible football writer. I mean, a goat. I mean, up until a couple of years ago when he passed, he had been at every Super Bowl, every single one of them. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right, so a couple things, a couple other things from today aside from uh, all the extracurriculars and all the craziness that went on. Well, let, let, let me start with this one. So Darius Slay, uh, I mean, Derek went above and beyond when he was talking about Jalen Carter. He He didn't just say, hey, I really like what the rookie's doing. No. He called a baby rhino and talked about how strong, how quick, how legit this dude is. And he, he said, he's going to make my life way easier. He said, he said, I'm a corner. I don't want to be back there covering forever. I can't do it. I need these guys. He said, and I trust this guy. This guy is real. You got to be feeling yeah. good about that. If you're a, you're an Eagles fan.
2: He, he compared him to an Sue, I think a yeah. Dinata, you know, guys like that. There was yeah. a lot yeah. accolades, man for a rookie who's only a few weeks into his NFL career. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's why I said yesterday, if everything that we're hearing is true in and in the limited size sample that we've had to see him play in games is true, I think this gets going to be a, a, a viable candidate for a defensive rookie of the year. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think he has the physical attru- attributes, the, bi- the ability to shoot gaps, his burst off the snap, his ability to sustain at the line of scrimmage, uh, to take on uh, two, two um, offensive linemen, to allow other people behind him to do things. Um, I can't wait to see him play in the game that counts. I, I just, you know, just to watch him week in and week out once the season starts. I can't wait. I hope he stays healthy because when you play D-line and you got all that traffic around your ankles and knees and stuff, you know, any and every freak thing can happen. I just hope he can avoid those issues and, and, and we can get a good sample of him from start to finish the season.
1: I am. I'm really excited to watch him play. I, I, I think he's going to be just a monster. I really do. Um, all right. So a couple, a couple other things from, uh, and and Carter was taking first team reps today, uh, for whatever it's worth. Mm. All right. So, um, a couple other things, the, uh, Justin Evans got a decent amount of work, Derek, um, with the ones at the safe with, with Reed Blankenship at the safety spot. Um, it was predominantly Kayvon Wallace and Sidney Brown working with the twos. That was kind of the, the, the pecking order today. Now, it's not to say that Edmonds didn't get a couple looks with the ones too. He did, but Justin Evans is slowly, quietly, sort of nudging his way into this thing. I think.
2: Well, like I told you yesterday, don't be surprised if Ed- Edmonds is not your starter. But that's putting a lot of faith and inexperience on the back end. Two of the more pos- more prominent positions. Your front better be getting home consistently if you're going to go with Reed Blankenship and Josh Josh Evans on the back end and not to say they can't do the job but it's going to be a growing period for them in terms of communicating in terms of knowing exactly where they're supposed to be there will be it'll be a trial and error you know but i do think they have enough veteran presence around them to cover up some of the mistakes if, they, if that if that front is getting home with frequency whatever deficiencies they're making on the back end you won't see them because it won't affect them right. because the, the job will be done in the trenches but if that front is not getting home, and we have to see extended periods of them making plays or attempting to make plays, uh, hopefully they're not exposed. Because once certain things get out there, you know how other teams will pick up on that stuff in a given minute. But um, you got to get younger to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, let's face it, you mm-hmm. got to. Yeah. You can't keep. You know, they're gonna have to get younger cornerback eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, Slay and, and Bradbury not gonna be there forever. Who knows? This yeah. might be Slay's last year with the team. You don't yeah. know. So you've got to prepare for what's to come. As the Eagles did in terms of the trench warfare. Mm-hmm. You let a TJ Edwards go, you let a Javon Hargrave go, you bring in Nolan Smith, you bring in, you know, Jalen Carter. That's the transition every year in the National Football League. You know, hopefully I don't think the product is going to be as as prominent on defense as it was a year ago, but I do think it's going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I still think they're a top 3 sack team. Not maybe not number one, but I thought I think they're a top three sack team. Uh, uh, Zaire Franklin, pretty funny line. He said, I thought the referring to Kelsey drilling him, thought the OGs would look me in the eye before, but it's all good. Uh, might get a chance to, to see him on Thursday night. Oh, okay, hey, all
2: right, you know what I mean?
1: See, okay. like it, like it, baby, it's like coming. it, it's coming. Yes, all it's right. <laughs> Uh, so a couple other things, uh, regarding, uh, what's going on with the, uh, with the Eagles here. So Jonathan Taylor has been given permission to seek a trade and the, naturally for whatever reason, it, it always has to turn into with the Eagles, want him, et cetera, et cetera. I, I love Jonathan Taylor as a player. Let me, let me just be clear when I say this, I, I, but if you're asking me realistically, if I think the Eagles are either going to give, and we're hearing they either want a one or multiple twos some kind of package. I don't think there's any chance that the Eagles would give up those kind of resources to get him. They're not giving a one up. They're not giving multiple twos up to get a running back. Derek, on top of that, he's going into the last year of his deal. Was and he's going to want a big deal. They don't pay their running backs that way. So you it know. doesn't make sense on either one of those fronts for me. Again, I, I think he's a spectacular talent.
2: But where do you fall on this? I, I agree with you 100%. Um, you brought in Rashad Penny, you brought in DeAndre Swift. Are you going to mess up that chemistry now? Because somebody's got to go. If you bring in a Jonathan Taylor, somebody's got to go. Now, granted, you'll get him for a like little over $4 million for this rookie year. But do you really want just to rent him for one year? He's still in the prime of his career. And if he turns out to be a 1,000-yard rusher behind this offensive line, if you bring a Jonathan Taylor in here, that means he is your feature back this team doesn't doesn't really pr- care about b- having a feature back. They like running backs by committee. But if you bring him in here, he's definitely going to be your feature back. And he can catch it out of the backfield, which means whoever survives here, the game wells, the Boston Scots, your touches are going to be minimized cuz you got a dude that was just 2 years ago the NFL rushing champ number 1. Mm-hmm. behind a, a decent offensive line in Indianapolis. Now you're putting him behind arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. He's going to get his touches, you know, so somebody else's numbers are going to suffer. Um, that's why I don't see him doing it. I don't see how Roseman Roseman him just for one year, especially in his prime and just letting him walk, especially if you're going to give up a lot to get him here. I don't see it. Right. Like that's the thing. I, I, I somebody was making some
1: comparison to like, like Garrett blunt and I'm, um... Like Eric Blunt was a free agent, right? I I mean, right. right. And and he he didn't cost you anything and he wasn't expensive and he wasn't, you weren't looking at, you know, some giant long term. It ain't, it's not happening, man. I think, I think Miami's a possibility. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. He ends up in Miami. I would have thought the Jets had they not signed Dalvin Cook. I, but Miami would make some sense there.
2: Yeah. Miami's still looking for a lead back, a, a definitive lead back. Uh, they were in the cook process for a while. Um, I'm surprised I didn't hear Miami more in the Kareem Hunt sweepstakes. Yeah, you know, same. Um, but I wouldn't put it past them to be one of the few teams to to even consider uh, going after a Jonathan Taylor. Um, unfortunately for Jonathan, he's in he's in the wrong yeah. era of football. It's the best era historically for players at a number of positions, except the running back.
1: Yeah, I think running back, linebacker, uh, there, there are a couple of positions you don't want to be. You, you're not going to get paid, frankly. You're just not.
2: Well, paid. linebackers get paid elsewhere. You're an edge I mean, linebacker. Oh, the edge back. Yeah, the edge back. I'm saying
1: if you're like a middle, traditional sort of middle linebacker sort. Mm, well,
2: the only, is, the only one, the only one who's got decent money is Roquan Smith in in, in Baltimore. Yeah, there's some there, but and there's not many. That, yeah, the, if you're, you're, yeah, you're right. The Will and the Sam are the ones that get the big money. The inside backers normally don't. Um, I, 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 don't know. I don't know if the, the Colts are going to get what they're asking for. Whatever. No. Nobody's giving up a one for Jonathan Taylor. No, first. I agree.
1: I, I mean, and Dan just just said as much. Uh, they're, you're not getting a one. I think they would take some form of like a two, two and a four, something like that. Uh, I,
2: uh, I don't see. I don't see a team like the Eagles or Kansas City who are constantly building for the future because they're so good. Giving up a two and four. Those are prime picks. For those teams, you know, Andy yeah. Reed's claim to fame is finding guys, second, third, or fifth rounds who emerges pro bowlers for yeah. sometimes those, those picks are more valuable to an Andy Reed than the first round. Big pick. time. Uh, yeah. Uh, right.
1: And here's the other thing. Like if you're the Colts, you know, you're kind of in this like, you know, sort of pissing match if you will now with, with Jonathan Taylor, but, but how are you helping out Anthony Richardson by taking away a legitimate thousand yard rusher? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're doing this kid no favors whatsoever. He He's going to have – he has very limited weapons on the outside, and now you're taking away – you know, the guy you could make the case is the best offensive player on the squad. He's going to be gone, too. It's like you're setting this dude up for failure this this rookie year.
2: And see, a confirmation is, I said, hey, you guys have interest in Jonathan Taylor. No, we don't. Right. Plain and simple. It doesn't make sense for the Eagles to bring. And I know fans are out there, you know, hey, bring them in. Bring. It's, it's part of what we have to deal with in this industry. But feasibly, it doesn't make sense. With the way the running back is structured, it just doesn't make sense. You know, and he's a phenomenal back. He might go somewhere. He might get to go somewhere else and be another 1,700-yard rusher. But for what the Eagles do in this offense, it just doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and when you, we again, the, the other problem you have is people interpret things that they the way they want to interpret it. The, none of this is a reflection of Jonathan Taylor. It's not. I, the guy's a phenomenal player. Um, so, look, it, it's. I hope it works out for him where he goes. Miami be a good spot, I think, for him if it ended up happening. I, do. I mean, I can
2: I can understand Taylor not wanting to play for that owner. I get it, especially after the comments he made this summer. I get it wholeheartedly, and I don't know if you can mend that fence. I'm sure Jonathan is more loyal to his teammates than he is to that owner, right. you know, and he may be forced to play. The fact that he's here in Philadelphia with the team, number one, is surprising in itself, but he's still on the pop list. Number two, eventually, if he puts on a uniform in a game, he's doing it for his teammates. He's not doing it for the franchise. He's certainly not doing it for the owner. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yep. Um, and so he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Yep. He's either going to have to play out the season in Indianapolis or if he sits out, he's going to lose a year of accrued service uh, towards his uh, his benefits down the road when he retires.
1: Yeah, I, that's the one that isn't happening. There, there's no sitting out. He's playing. He, he's playing one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like, there's no shot that he's sitting.
2: Well, um, unless, unless that back issue continues to linger. We or, all the ankle,
3: know, or the or ankle. Or the ankle. Yeah. You
2: know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes, you know, players will extend it a little bit just to prove a point, yeah. you know? Hey, man, I can't play. My ankles bother me. What do you mean you can't play? It looks fine on x rays. I'm telling you, man, I can't cut. It hurts. Can't play. Yep. And yeah. So, well, like played. we,
1: the other thing is, like we talked about, um, if the other part of it is, if he does get out there and plays, if he does get out there and play and he tweaks it or something else happens, yep. There's, very little chance, in my estimation, the guy's going to go out there dragging a leg around uh, after this. He, he's just going to say, I'm hurt, man. You know, I'll, I'll see you when I'm fully healed. And that'll be it. There you go.
2: Yeah, That'll be Play it. Yep. Couple, you know.
1: All right, let's come back and let's do the comp game. We're going to dig into the Eagles at quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and O-line compared to the other four teams and what they are putting out there in terms of starters. All right. And we'll see who you choose. We'll do that. When we come back with the NFC East Uh, a little later, we'll do more fills. We'll do our NFL segment. We have good birthdays, good movies, uh, good all all around good stuff today. That's for sure. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're sports take uh, Jacob sports, YouTube channel. Let's talk about Jim Murray principal financial group, because look finances, right? Knowing who to trust being set up later in life uh, for retirement or being set up for right now or choosing the right insurance package All of these things come into play when you're talking about your hard-earned money. And when it comes to Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, they are people that I trust. They are people that have done right by me, whether it's retirement planning for you, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to set up your employee benefits. These are all the resources that Jim can help you with. I've personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610 996 4751. 610 996 4751. Or you could uh, email him as well at Murray, M U R R A Y. Jim at principal.com. That's Murray. at
0: G L E X Eagles.
1: We are back. We are sports take hanging out with you on this Tuesday. Again, if you miss any of the program, any interviews, go to Jacobsports.com and you can check all of those out. All right. Uh, let's let's do a little comp here, Derek. Uh, I thought this would be a little fun exercise for us when we look at the NFC East and we compare the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball, the talent that they have in terms of starters versus the other teams, Dallas, Washington, and New York. Okay, thought about it watching the game last night. Um, and by the way, the the Commanders have named Sam Howell as their starter. <clears throat> Excuse me for what that's worth. We know who the other two starters are with the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, let's start with quarterback then. So you go Prescott, um, who certainly had success against the Eagles, but had some struggles last year in terms of turnovers. You have Daniel Jones, who kind of resurrected his career last year, got a contract. Um, you know they're expecting big things from him this year. And then you have Sam Howell, who's kind of the unknown factor here. Then you have Jalen Hurts. This one to me is is the Eagles all day. I mean, if you want to argue Prescott a little bit, but it's the Eagles all day. What, what do you think?
2: It's a slam dunk, Jalen Hurts. Um, when you look at the the, the the numbers he put up across the board and what he meant to the offense and the fact that he minimizes his turnovers and yet he's such the ultimate weapon, the other three in the division don't, don't compare. Daniel Jones made significant strides in the first year under Brian Dayball. Sam Howell's an untested commodity. And of course, Dak went through the worst season of his career last year, even though that Dak is a pretty good quarterback. You know, he still went through the worst season of his, of his career. Um, Dak has the experience over all the other ones, but Jalen has attributes that the other three cannot touch. So when it comes to the quarterback situation, hands down it's Jalen Hurts in that division.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, everything you just laid out there, we have, we have no idea what it's going to look like with Sam Howell. Um, despite having some, I think, nice weapons, he, he's got some good receivers. And if McLaren's okay, yeah, uh, McLaren and Dotson and, you know, et cetera. Um, and then Jones now has Waller, which helps, but yeah. still not enough on the outside and Saquon, but still he's got a very good offensive mind. He's working with and Prescott's good, good receivers and he's got talent, but it just, there, there's always some element of the Cowboys that you can't count on when it gets mm-hmm. to, to, to crunch time um, for sure. And I think Jalen elevated himself past all those uh, certainly Prescott last year. All right, let's go to running backs. Uh, Cowboys little little changing of the guard. It's Tony yeah. Pollard uh, as one of their running backs. Brian and Robinson, huh? And the, Smurf, uh, and the Smurf Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Uh The the lead back for for Washington is Brian Robinson, fully healthy uh, oh. this year. And then of course there's Saquon. The Eagles situation is a little bit different because it's hard to really pin down one guy. Is it Swift? Is it Gainwell? Is it Penny? Is it Scott? It's, it is definitely by committee, whereas the others I think are more of a featured back attack. Right. All that said, uh, I, I tell me where you're at and I'll tell you where I'm at on this.
2: Uh, g- give me Saquon all day, all day. He is a complete back. Um, he is one of the strongest backs in the NFL. Um, can catch it out of the backfield. His total yards from scrimmage. Understand he got injured a couple of years ago, but man, did he bounce back nicely last year? Um, this team does not use the so-called feature back. They would change that MO real quick if they had a Saquon Barkley in the backfield. When I stack up all the running backs in this division, I think Saquon is head and shoulders the best, the most complete back in the division, no question about
1: it. Yeah, this to me is, is very no brainerish ish um, because he can do so many different things. And he is, he is such a good runner. He's such a good receiver. You know, I, 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 it doesn't mean the other teams can't have success with what they're doing. Right. and I, I, you know, I think Pollard's going to be good. Pollard is good I do too. Yeah. And I think what the Eagles are going to do committee wise, is going to be good. But if you're telling me, you know, what, the, what we're doing here is just basically you get one choice. I'm taking Saquon Barkley all day. Um, and you also know he's going to be running a little ticked off at, yeah. at just the way that everything went this past off season. Uh, he, it, it, it could be his last year in New York. It's possible. Yep. Um, So, you're going to have a highly motivated guy on top of everything else. So, I'm with you. It's Saquon all day as far as that goes. All right, receivers. Um, Terry McLaurin for Washington. Jihad Dotson for Washington. And Curtis Samuel. They're their three. The Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb. Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup. They're their three. Then you go to the Giants. Uh, Hodgkins. Slayton. And Campbell. They're, they're three. The Eagles. We know who the first two are. It's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and then yeah, Quez Watkins or yep. Amadei Zacchaeus. Uh of of the groupings there, Derek, who are you taking?
2: Uh you gotta go with the Eagles. Yeah, two thousand yard receivers. I will take the Eagles, too, even with a question mark at number three over the other team's number threes. I do think the addition of Brandon Cooks down in Dallas is going to be intriguing for that team in terms of stretching the field. Terry McLaurin is straight-up money, you know, uh, down there. Jahan Dotson has, has got to find his own niche, and I understand you can only be successful uh, in the amount of times a quarterback gets you the ball. I think he's a, a good young talent. But I don't think he's emerged to the level that he's hoping and the Washington franchise is hoping he will be. Um, and then you look at the Giants situation. They got a lot of, they got a lot of scat receivers. They got a little guy, guys that are quick, you know, and, and can get open. And, I, and I've told you this before, you know, you look at the collection of receivers they have and the ones you just mentioned. And the one I'm most intrigued by is a kid who hasn't even played a game yet in Jalen Hyatt. Yep. This kid, no. and, and, oh, my goodness. You he know, can fly. Term- Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to see him play. Now, next year we have this conversation. My mindset might change based on what he does to elevate the the, the status of that overall receiving group if he can stay healthy. But as we look at it right now, it has to be the Eagles core group of receivers. And again, it's based on two primary receivers with with a question mark about that third. I'll take that all day, any day over what's left in the NFC East.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you almost have to break it down two different ways. If you're talking about one, two, it's the Eagles. Uh, You know, if if I had to go in order, I'd go Eagles. Maybe a little, little lean to Dallas. And then McLaren and Dotson are a pretty strong one, two as well. Uh, But yeah, Cooks and Lamb are both potential 1000 yard receivers. Um, The problem you have with the Eagles is the third spot. You just. You know, like, I don't know. would I take Samuel? Would I take Gallup over what the Eagles have right now? I would. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would. Um, and you're right. Hyatt needs to be taken into consideration with the Giants. That's for sure. I think by the end of the year, he's starting.
2: Um, um, I agree with you. I yeah. agree 100% with you. Um, and and we've seen, like, the Darius Slaytons in the past do damage against this Eagles team. Uh, this kid, Hoskins, came from out of nowhere. They picked him up in, like, last November. And he came from out of nowhere and was the primary weapon in their offense. But he's not on the level of these other names we're mentioning yet. Nice possession receiver, good hands, um, you know, tough after the catch button, but not to the level of the guys we're, we're mentioning. Um, I, I, I have to give Dallas a second-tier grouping, basically because of the quarterback situation. You have a proven quarterback that can get them the ball. Daniel Jones um, has not really opened up. I, I, the fact that the Giants are going to a short, quick passing game, um, it's interesting because uh, that's a lot of what Kansas City does. And you saw that last night in Washington. You're seeing Washington do a lot of what Kansas City does, the quick, short passing game, keep the chains moving. To them, the passing game is almost like an additional running game. Yeah. Because guys, guys, you know, shake free in the middle, set down on a hole, get the ball, boom, turn, pick up the necessary yards, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but because of the quarterback level of quarterback play, I have to go Dallas second behind the Eagles in terms of receiving group.
1: Okay. Uh, let's go tight ends. Uh, you know, this, um, this gets interesting a little bit here. So the Cowboys, we know they lost Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ferguson is listed as their starter at tight end. Uh, Logan Thomas, who is a nice player, but has hurt a lot. Um, is their tight end in, in Washington, and then of course Darren Waller comes over from Oak, from uh, Vegas, and is the Giants' tight end, and then the Eagles—it's Dallas Goddard. So, uh, of that group, if Waller's right, he might be pushing Goddard. I'd still, I'd still lean towards Goddard. Where, where are you at with this?
2: Um, same place you are. The only reason I didn't let Waller's name slip out of my lip before is because he has the injury history. Uh, But in terms of body size, uh, athleticism, um, if he could stay healthy, I might pick him over Goddard. But when it comes down to the physicality of it um, and being able to get the yards after the catch, and let's face it, Goddard's had the injury history also. Um, But Ferguson was an understudy to Schultz, and now Schultz is gone, so he's got to elevate his game. Yeah, and Logan Thomas is the same way. You know, every year I look at him I say, this could be a year he could be a pro Bowl. Boom, all of a sudden he's gone four or five games. Shoulder, knee, you know. The other team, outside of Dallas, the other team, two teams, Washington and the Giants, have quality tight ends. But you don't know how long they're going to have them. And the Eagles, well, you can say the same thing about Dallas Goddard. But because of the, his body of work when he's out there, I've got to take Goddard. Yeah. No question.
1: He, he's been – banged up but less injured it feels like than waller has uh you know of late so um yeah that that's another one tba i think a little bit to just kind of see you know what it looks like here um without going through every piece of the offensive lines here you know you have dallas and, and and they made zach martin very healthy i'm sure you guys talked about that you know last week but he's back um Washington's offensive line I think is still in question a little bit and as is the Giants and then it's the Eagles this is another slam dunk I, I mean I, I I it's to me it's Eagles Cowboys and then the
2: other two are toss-ups oh there's, there's no question there's no question um both the Giants and Washington needed to do some work to, to patch up offensive line issues last year to what degree I don't know we're, we're not going to find out until the season starts um you look at what Saquon ran behind, and Saquon still had what a thousand yard rushing last year. Yep. And the offensive line wasn't the best. Uh, Washington has two pretty good backs in Robinson and Antonio Gibson, you know, but they didn't have that measure of success because of a porous offensive line. Um, this Eagles offensive line, from tackle to tackle, um, you look at they have a future Hall of Fame center, uh, a future Hall of Fame right guard, uh, right tackle. Uh, you have uh, an up and coming left tackle. If, if you if you said position, I would give Dallas the edge in terms of just left tackle. But in terms of line, line play from tackle to tackle, those other three teams can't touch the cohesiveness and the effectiveness of what this Eagles offensive line has been able to do the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I, and I think the other thing that you start to take into account when you look at this is, um, you know, coaching. And, and I, I understand from an Eagles perspective, it's a little bit of an unknown with Brian Johnson, but he was already here. He has the relationship with Hertz. I, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. there, there's a smoothness to this. Um, you know, Washington, it's a little bit of an unknown how it's all going to work with B.N.M. has had a lot of success, but how it's going to work with this group and and, and everything else. Um, you know, the Giants with Dable and uh, was it Kafka, who is their guy, they had a lot of success last year. Uh, they did. They had a lot of success last season. And it worked out pretty well for him. Now with Dallas, it's Mike McCarthy calling the plays. It's going to look a little bit different. So if if you're looking at everything between talent, coaching, sort of support that Brian Johnson's going to have because Nick Sirianni's here. Again, this is a category where I would I would go Eagles um, yes. Yes. O- over the others. Like I think Dable is a really talented offensive mind, but I don't know that he quite has fully that roster uh, that he wants yet. I don't know if the enemy has the offensive line that he fully wants yet. Right. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm going to Eagles here.
2: I, I I can agree more. Uh, look at the volume of pro bowlers they have on that offensive line. You look at the depth and rotation. There are a couple of guys. Um, there are a couple of guys on Eagles that might start for Washington or the Giants, but you can't say that about the offensive line play on Washington or the Giants starting for the Eagles, you know? And so with that said, um, there's no question about it. It, it. but it starts with Jeff Stoutland. Jeff Stoutland is second to none in terms of co- coaching up and cross-training his offensive linemen to fit to fit the plug and play type of offensive linemen. The other teams don't have that. You know, when one of their linemen goes down, it's a glaring weakness. That's not the case with the Eagles' offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're head and shoulders. They are head and shoulders above the other three in the division.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that we haven't really maybe talked about a lot, we talked about it before camp started um, going in was the competition at right guard, which really hasn't been much of a competition. It, it, it's been kind of a runaway here for Jergens. Um And, you know, Steen will get that year where he can learn, you know, kind of progress the red shirt, if you will, that a lot of the players had last year, but yeah, this is Juergens gig. Um, and there's no question about it this year yeah. until, until Kelsey retires. And then he moves over to center.
2: But right and, now, like, it's his game. and like I said, I don't care who they put in at that right guard spot. I don't think it's going to be a glaring weakness because of who's playing to the right and to the left of them. And that takes a lot of pressure off them. I don't think the other teams can say that maybe Dallas, Dallas has a pretty good offensive line. And now that Zach Martin is back is going to be better, you know, but I don't think they have the, the depth and the rotation that this Eagles offensive line does. Every team has to have that because injuries are going to occur. But in terms of it not being a glaring glaring weakness when somebody else steps in, other three don't have it like the yeah. Eagles do. Yeah.
1: And, and look, I, I mean, there's, there's so many different things that you have to take into account. But um, I see a team last year that averaged, was like third in the league in scoring that, I think the quarterback's just getting better. Um, I think Devonte Smith is just getting better. I think Dallas Goddard, when healthy, can produce more for sure. AJ Brown, may, he's only 25 years old. He might be able to get better. So there, there's a lot of things that, that you look at with this team. Not to say that the other teams can't you know get better. Like I think I don't think. I mean, where where are you at with this, Derek? I don't think Daniel Jones was a fluke last year. Like I, I think I think Dable has figured out the way to best utilize him. And I think he's gonna. I don't think he's ever going to be great, but I think he's can be a good quarterback, solid.
2: Uh, yes, I, I've said that, I've said it before, and, and I agree with you 100. Brian Dable walked in there and identified how to make him better. Daniel Jones put his trust and his faith in Brian Dable, and and it worked out for them. Um, and part of the process was getting getting Daniel Jones to shorten up, shorten up his passes. And that that helped you know with his completion percentage, and you know moving and change, and I think Dabo is going to enhance that even further this year. And we forget that 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 Daniel Jones has the capability of taking off and running at even given any given moment. Heck, he went eighty yards before the before the turf monster tripped him up against
3: Eagles. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. but I I do think Dabo did an incredible job of identifying how to make Daniel Jones that much better. And obviously, they feel comfortable with him now because they, they paid him that money this past offseason. So it's going to be interesting to see. And in a few samples I've seen of of Daniel Jones is this shortening the passing game. You know, one, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. Don't take unnecessary hits. You know, a guy will sit down in a hole in the middle of the field, find him. That's all you got to do. Find him. Let them turn and do the work. Keep the chains moving. Um, and you look at the difference in terms of uh, his touchdown passes decrease, uh, decrease in um, his his turnovers, and he was a much more he was a big reason why the Giants even got to the playoffs because oh, yeah. of the player Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. plain and simple.
1: Yeah, no question. Hey, uh, update on McLaurin who injured his toe last night in the game, uh, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Uh, good news, uh, out of the MRI sources say there is optimism for week one. He's more day to day than anything. The scan showing no major injury because you know, how weird that toe thing can be, you know, you get a turf toe, know. it's basically a separated toe and then yes. then all kinds of bad stuff starts happening.
2: See, Tony, is t- 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 saying we're being too nice about Daniel Jones. I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't either. I, I, don't I think I, I, nice. I don't think he's great. Don't get me wrong. Like any day of the week, I'm
1: taking Jalen Hurts. Any day of the week. It's not even close.
2: But but let's give credit where credit is due. He improved his game. If he didn't improve his game, the Giants don't make the playoffs. You know, they don't have a stellar defense. They don't have a collection of top flight receivers. They don't have a great offensive line. But yet, you compare 2022 (laughs) to 21. Okay, 2022, his completion percentage, 64%. 2022, 67%. Uh, he played 11 games in 21. He played 16 games in 22. He, he uh, had 300 passing yards. He had 15 TD passes, but only five interceptions. You know, his QB rating went from 84.8 to 92.5. So that's an improvement. So give credit to Brian Dable for identifying how to make him better and for for Daniel Jones. For believing and trusting Dayball that if his way is if you if I do things his way, my game's going to improve. If my game improves, I'm going to help my team be a right. better team. And all those things fell into place.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I, and I guess this is more to, to Tone's point. Like Jones is very Saquon dependent. If Saquon goes down, they're in big trouble. Whereas I don't think that Jalen needs that that great stud back. No. Like, there's a, no. there's the distinction.
2: No, the offense the office is going to flow through jail no matter what, no matter who's back there. And Eagles tell you that, that by the way they've orchestrated their running back contingent. You know, they went out and got two guys who approve it, but they didn't go out and get the best back available. They got two really good backs, but they didn't go out and get the best back available out there in the open market. You know, if yeah. that was the case, they would have got Kareem Hunt a long time ago.
1: Uh, Dan asks, "How would Dan? How good would Daniel Jones be with the Eagles personnel?" Um, I think you'd be. I think he would be even better. I be think old. he'd be even better too. I don't think he'd be as good as Jalen Hurts, but I think he'd be even better than what he showed at the Giants last year.
2: I agree. No, he's not. He wouldn't be Jalen Hurts, but he would definitely be better. Mm-hmm. And I think his numbers would have been even higher, you know, um, in his Eagles offense. I think Nick Sirianni was smart enough also to figure out what makes Daniel Jones a better quarterback. Look at the collection of pass catchers he had around him, um, and and I do think he would have been better behind this Eagles' offensive line, and with those weapons the Eagles had, and who he's handed them, and, and and how they how dominant of a running game they had to take a lot of pressure off of the quarterback as well. That that come, comes into play also.
3: Yeah,
1: I I think also like if if you go to the other side, not and we're not going to sit here and break down every single position um, for these teams, but if you look at the Cowboys' defense. If you look at the Giants' defense, if you look at Washington's defense, and you look at the Eagles' defense. And, and some of this is, you know, in fairness, comping off of last year w- when personnel has changed. So it's a little bit, you know, skewed, not an exact science. And you had to take into account what teams lost and what they added. But at Dallas adds a Stephon Gilmore, that's a big deal. Other teams, you know, add, et cetera.
2: Washington added, added uh, what, Emmanuel Forbes in right. the first Yeah. You know, it took him – nobody thought he would go ahead of, uh, you know, some of the other DVs that were out there, but he did. Washington was one of the worst teams in the league in terms of generating turnovers last year. Mm -hmm. This kid, I believe, had six or seven INTs in college last season, so he's somewhat of a ball hawk. They're looking for somebody who can change the the field. Yeah. You know, Um, and that's why they went out and got him. Uh, So, across the board, when you look at the defenses, obviously the Eagles have a better defense. Uh, they lost a lot of key personnel. We're going to have to see how good and cohesive they are with all of the influx of new personnel they have now playing defense this year. Right. But they have enough cornerstones to keep this thing moving forward, to keep to keep players calm when things are unraveling against them. And let's face it, there are going to be situations where things unravel against them. No matter how good they look on paper, they're playing pretty good offensive teams, playing great quarterbacks this year. Yeah. So – you 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 you, you got to have enough cornerstone of a veteran presence to stabilize a lot of things that could start unraveling on you. And Eagles have done that, bringing in an influx of new people, but yet keeping a core group of you know when they keep when you keep Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, get Har uh, Bradbury back, re sign Darius Slay. Those cornerstones are the are the stability factors in a defense with the influx of all the new players that are coming in. Yeah. I mean, so last year, both the Eagles and the Cowboys
1: were in the top eight in terms of scoring defense. Okay. They were very, very close into like Dallas gave up 20.1. The Eagles gave up 20.2. Okay. That's how, that's how tight they were. Um, you know the other the other metrics you get to look at who can get to the quarterback the most who can who can create turnovers the most you know who the Eagles are very good against the pass they they weren't as good against the run you know can they improve those areas I mean there's a lot of different things that you look at here you know Dallas is in an interesting situation like I don't know Jerry had a lot of patience with Jason Garrett I don't know that he has patience beyond this year with Mike McCarthy if they don't play well. You know what I mean, like, or if they don't if they don't advance in the playoffs, because it's like, hey, I gave I turned it over to you, man. Like I gave you play calling, you know. And I and I'm not trying to sound cruel here, but Jerry's not getting any younger, which means the 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 patience levels probably lesser and lesser there. Like I think Ron Rivera is very much on a hot seat. He was inherited, um, Mm -hmm. you know, by Josh Harris and his crew. Um, I I think Dable's very safe, so he's different, and Sirianni's different, but I think the other two. You you can make a case. There's some questions there, you know, with with their future.
2: Absolutely, Oh, absolutely. You know, um, Washington hasn't had a winning season under Rivera. They won a division with a losing record. Right. They haven't had a winning season under Rivera. They haven't gone deep in the playoffs. They've only been in the playoffs one time under Rivera. You know, so, yes, he's on the hot seat. McCarthy, same way. Can't get past the first round with all that talent they have down in Dallas. He's made a lot of gaffes in the past when he's been, been a play caller. Mm-hmm. You know, now the onus is on him. You know, Jerry Jones 100% endorses him now. But we, don't think, we know how fickle that can be and how things change day to day, week to week. You know, the fact that he's assuming the play calling, you know, and everybody across the league is kind of snickering that he's calling the plays now. Right. You know, and, and it's not just us being Eagles fans looking at Dallas. You know, I'm looking at a lot of the national punters and they have big question marks about him being a play caller down there. Mm-hmm. If he screws this up this year, when you bring in a Stefan Gilmore and a Brandon Cooks and especially a Brandon Cooks to go along with C.D. Lamb and, and Michael Gallup, you know, if you screw this up, yeah. you're on a short, you're on a short bus out of there, bud. <laughs> I think, I think so too. I, I would agree with
3: that.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's hit it. Let's come back and we will talk uh, a little Phillies. We have an NFL segment coming up, another injury update for a, a key receiver. This year, we'll let you know about that in addition to a bunch of other stuff. And, Derek, we, we pick it back up with our NFC uh, tour here and how we think things are going to finish out. We're going to do the NFC South. We'll give you the order in which we think they will finish. Uh, we'll break down each of those teams. I think we are – I'm, I'm going to guess you and I aren't on the same page on this one. Okay? I, I, I'm just going to say oh. I, have, I have pretty good confidence, at least in terms of the division winner, yeah. We are on different pages, even though we have not discussed it. I promise, Scouts' honor, we have not discussed it. But I think no, we're on we have not. Page. All right, let's hit it. Let's come back. We'll talk some baseball, talk some Phillies when we come back. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration. We've had so much crazy weather lately. Y- y- you could get flooding. Uh, unfortunately, we know bad things happen with fire, with mold, with smoke. Right. And if any of that happens you're not really sure who to turn to well pro action restoration is the place that you turn to because they're on call 24 hours seven days a week to assist I reached out to them on a Saturday they got right out my parents house they cleaned it up the price was right I mean it was we didn't know what we were going to do frankly their basement was flooded it was it was really really bad uh, their license bonded fully insured and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
6: Greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? Fifty-eight years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What's
1: up, everybody? Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. That's Gunner. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Tell a friend. Uh, Let's talk some Phillies, Derek. They win 10-4 last night. I'm going to go back to the first inning. So, Nola gives up a solo shot. He's struggling, the pitch count's rising. He's struggling to get outs. They load the bases do the Giants, um having already scored a run with two outs mm-hmm. And he gets a he gets a ball hit right back to him and it starts a a one, two, three double play. Which I, I I really believe, like, it changed everything in this game. Camargo hit it. it. It changed everything for him, for his confidence, for the team. And then they sort of rode it from there. It, it, it's, it's crazy sometimes when you look at the end of the score, when you look at a score at the end of the game, compared to what it looked like early. It, was, uh, it didn't look good, but it, it became a laugher at the
2: end. The way San Francisco came out swinging the bats, I'm thinking, he's not going to make it out of the first inning. To be honest with you, I'm thinking, here we go again. Yep. But you're right. I do believe there's something to be said for momentum, and that was a big sigh of relief for them to get out of that uh, uh, first inning relatively unscathed. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though he gave up the two home runs in the game, as the game wore on, he started to find his rhythm, started to find his zone. Uh, Pitches uh, going corner to corner were more effective than we've seen recently. Um, And because of that, and of course, he had great defense behind him, but yeah. because of that, um, the, the complexion of that game turned real quick for them. And you know, I, I was that Kyle Schwarber home run. Oh, I put that in the category of majestic. That thing hit the upper. I mean, he swung. He stood there and looked at it for a moment, and said, "Okay," and dude, I'm telling you, it just kept going. That that was not just a home run. That was majestic. The yeah that,
1: uh, majestic's a good way to put it you're right he he hits i mean there are it comes i i don't know what the exit velocity i don't really get caught up in that stuff but man when, when you knew the second that thing touched his bat it was just like whoa uh and it was a missile it really
2: was it was something to behold you know what but um he he did that over the weekend at a couple of big home runs um You know, it's, it's, it's funny with him, man. He's an either or dude. There's no, there's no gray area. He's the most unconventional leadoff hitter um, that you'll find in major league baseball. But now that you think about where else would you put him? you know? Yeah. Third, fourth, fifth. If you do that, who are you taking out of those spots?
1: Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is he's up to 33 home runs. He's up to 80 RBIs and he, the one thing that you can say about him as a leadoff man is he will draw walks. He's got 94 walks. Like he, he's going to be well over a hundred walks this this season. So he does get on base. I mean, that's the sort of old school part of him. Nothing else is, but he does get on base with walks.
2: And and, then, you know, the walks are plus, and then he has what? 160 something strikeouts. Yeah, He's got 30. I was trying
1: to accentuate the positive. (laughs) He's got 33 home runs. But he's hit 183. He's got 163 strikeouts and he's hitting 183. Yeah. Yep. And he's
2: got 33 home runs.
1: It's all bizarre. It's very weird. Like it and, is. It's,
2: it's weird. And how many RBI? 70. What? 70. What RBI? He's at 80 now. 80 RBI. That's, I've, I've never seen numbers like this. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you don't, it's, it's like you don't know what to expect to him night in and night out. When it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. He'll hit two home runs one night, and next night he'll have four strikeouts. You know, uh, Jim I, G makes an interesting point.
1: Uh, he will have more strikeouts than his batting average by the end of the year. Yes. That could be. Uh, he absolutely will. He, 100%. He's going to be over 200 strikeouts. He's not going to be over 200 batting average. No, no. It's a great point. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you saw something like this? I Never. I thought last year. I mean, he hit, like, what he hit, 218, whatever. I thought that was bad. Now, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. I, I don't. And, it, but the thing is they do, they do feed off of him. Like he, he is a generator of, of, yes. of, yes. of juice for them. And there, yeah. there's something to be said for that. There, there really is. Um, I, you know, I, the, that look, they, you see what they're capable of when they get going like that. They can explode as an offense. It's just, you wish it was more consistent, you know, and they're just, they're up and down a lot. And, you know, four home runs last night. I know one of them was, was Harper's inside the Parker. But when they get going, I mean, everybody in the lineup had a hit. Six guys had multiple hits. Jeez. That's what this lineup's capable of doing. There's no easy outs.
2: Yeah, uh, the fact that they have, what, r- uh, roughly 149 home runs is, is is just perplexing. I mean, because this is a lineup one through nine that can get it going at any given moment. That one through three not one through five, like a lot of teams rely on one through nine. Can I mean look at the number nine hitter, Sosa? He has right. a home run. You know, the, 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 you know, he's not hitting with the power, obviously, of a Schwarber and those guys up front, but right. he can give you a, a pop at any given moment. Yeah, you know, this lineup is so deep, man. And, and even when they call, they send guys down to Lehigh, they bring them back up. Home run. You see, up and down, up and down, home run. doesn't make a difference. You know, And that's why I said at the start of this season, this lineup can put so much stress on a pitcher. A pitcher can make mistakes against other lineups and not have it come back and bite them. Mm-hmm. If this, against this lineup, when they're popping the way they were popping uh, in Washington and in and, and, and this game last night, can really make a pitcher pay when you, you serve up a mistake, man.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. And I just wish they could find more consistency at the plate as a team. You know, this team is just – it's been like a that proverbial roller coaster with these guys. You just mm-hmm. don't know. You look up, they have three or four home runs in the game. The next night they'll have eleven or twelve strikeouts in a game. Well, I just don't get it, man.
1: It's- That's why I'm really curious tonight, Derek, because they're gonna be facing a guy who who San Fran just called up, one of their you know big prospects, a left-handed pitcher. Yeah. I feel like usually yeah. in these kind of situations, the it's the advantage to the pitcher because you don't have experience against the guy. You can sit there and look at film of him in the minors and all that. But the fact that they oh, haven't yeah. seen him and there isn't a lot on him, it feels like advantage to the, to the kid, right? And and I it feel I hope I'm wrong. It feels like one of those nights where the Phillies' offense, at least early, is going to struggle. And you're like, hey, you know, how do you how do you go from last night to this? But it, it just I hope I'm wrong. But it feels like that to me. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But it, all right. So the other takeaway is, however he got there, Nola goes seven innings, and gives up two runs. However, he got there. I know it was two more home runs and it's the most in baseball and 29 and it's crazy, but he didn't cave. We've seen him come apart at the seams a lot this year when bad things happen. I don't know that that means he's going to be good in his next start or whatever. I don't know. But at least for last night, that was encouraging that he didn't blow to bits on you, you know, in the middle of the game.
2: If he gives up a couple of home runs and only two runs a game and he can go deep into his start, Seven seven plus innings, considering what we've had to watch from Aranola this year, I'll take that every time. Yeah, because of who he has backing him up at the plate, you can hold any opposition to two runs. I'll take that any any given day with this lineup. I really will, because to me, when I watch this team, a two run deficit is nothing. You know, they may go dormant. Prime example: that game on Sunday against Washington, they're getting blanked for eight innings. All of a sudden, they make a game of it in the night. The bats come alive in the night. They could have won that game, fell short. You know, they've done that a number of times this season. Fall behind, all of a sudden the bats wake up. Um, Aaron Nola is what he is for this season for whatever reason. 29 home runs is shocking. But when he gives an outing like that, seven innings, only two runs given up. They were two homers, but two runs given up. I'll take that from Aaron Nola. If that's what I'm getting, I'll take it. All right. So
1: also it's, it's really big considering who
2: you're playing here. So they beat the giants.
1: Uh, and here's where things are in the wild card, Derek. They're, um, they're three up or actually two and a half up, excuse me on the Cubs right now. The Cubs have actually surpassed the giants. So the Cubs are in second place right now. Uh, giants are kind of a mess. If you look at it, the the giants have lost four of four of five and 11 of 15. Yep. You know, uh, they're not playing very well, but anyway, um, so the Phillies are, are two and a half up on the Cubs, three up on the Giants. Um, so they're, right now, if the season ended, it would be the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Giants in the wild card. But Arizona's only a half game back. Cincinnati's only a game back. Marlins are only a game and a half back from that third spot. Where This is coming down to the wire, and I think it's going to be – I think it's the Phillies and everything else is up in the air in, in terms of trying to predict this thing. Like I, I would say the hotter team is probably the Cubs.
2: Yeah, but even the Cubs cooled off a lot because they were pushing yeah. Milwaukee for the division title, and then went go went through a mini losing slump. Um, I agree that 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 number one wild card spot is the Phillies to win or lose, and you're going to have three or four teams jockeying for position the rest of the way. And if San Francisco continues to play the way they're playing, they're going to quickly be in the outside looking in, and Arizona is going to elevate into that number three spot as well. You know, mm-hmm. Eagles, uh, Eagles, the Phillies are catching the Giants at the right time. You know, the Giants were playing really good baseball. All of a sudden, now their tail's spinning big time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it showed last night what they did in the field last night goes beyond foul ups, bleeps, and blunders. Oh, you know, yeah, they're, they're, that was a day. They- I mean, misreading balls,
1: just uh, yeah, ugly, 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 ugly. It's the kind of stuff we'd be killing the Phillies for today. Oh, my
2: goodness. Yeah. Uh, no all sense. right. So
1: you mentioned that. Let's go to the other side of it. Bohm has really two beautiful plays last night. Uh, Sosa had a great play at third. Uh, Turner made a really nice play in the field. They all together collectively played very good defense, did the Phillies last night? Uh, very solid game. It was a nice game in general out of them, really across the
2: board. Well, um, They would do. Yeah. Considering the inconsistencies they've had, they would do, you know. And you're right, across the board, um, it was a perfect storm for this team last night.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: Hopefully they can carry that over tonight, especially testing an unknown commodity in this pitcher for the Giants who's making his major league debut. Hopefully they jump on him real early and get him out of there. Um, And the Giants pitching staff, I I was waiting to see, you know – I think they st- the starter that they used last night normally was a reliever. He, yeah, he was it was an top. opener. An yeah. opener, yeah. And then after that, I thought their pitching staff was better than that. Now, and, and we know each night is, is different, given sure. day. Who, who would have thought Lorenzo would have got shelled by all teams Washington last Friday?
3: True.
2: It happens. But I just thought the Giants pitching staff, which had kept them in a lot of games, was a lot better. Phillies tattooed them as well. They so, did. I can carry this over for the next two days. Well, all right. let me give you some NFL stuff because
1: we're going to dig in hard to the NFL at the top of the hour, but th- this is a oof, tough story. Uh, Caleb Farley, one of the corners um, for the Titans. Yeah. He's got a home in Charlotte. Okay. And um, his home, there was an explosion in his home last night. It, not, he wasn't there. Obviously he's with the Titans right now, but um one person died and another was injured when the oh. suburban Charlotte home, yeah, owned by Caleb Farley, exploded overnight. It was It's in Moore, Mooresville, North Carolina. Um, he, he obviously wasn't there, um, but um, was at the property speaking with police. That I guess he left Titans, obviously, facility and went there. Um, aerial footage of it's a lakeside home show the residents reduced to rubble. I mean, we're talking like, you know, you talking about 63 square thousand square or 6300 square foot home gunner down to rubble um you know just crazy vehicles everything just went down um mm. yeah so uh, we get more on this we'll pass it along but um boy that's frightening you know that's a scary story man
2: i wonder if it, if there's a faulty gas line involved which causes that was left that was left on too long and it finally finally ignited you know you know oh man oh god you... his
1: father was the person who
2: died no
1: oh no oh, man. No, no. Ay, oh man oh that's terrible all right um yeah so we get we get more on that we'll, we'll we'll pass it along but that's you know that's kind of where kind of where things are it's scary man um but yeah that, that's a tough one um Another one is, uh, and I was watching some of this game over the weekend, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I I could tell on the play that he did something to his hand, but it it turns out he has to get surgery on his wrist, Derek. Um, so they're still hopeful that he's going to be able to play week one, but they're not sure right now. Uh, but he's getting surgery on on that wrist.
2: Yeah. A whole lot of fluke accidents and he was having a pretty good training camp, um, and obviously, with him on the field, it's going to make that Seattle offense that much more lethal. But, you know, luckily for 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 all teams, for players to have those kind of injuries, it's better to have them now in a training camp than to have it once the season starts. You know, you don't want to see anybody injured, but it's the nature of the beast. There's going to be volumes of injuries, you know, whether it was a fluke injury or not. Um, hopefully, it's, it's not too serious. Because uh, I'm excited about seeing what he looks like in the NFL level of play, especially squeezed in between Lockett and Metcalf. Man, oh. I, at least at least Seattle still has Lockett and Metcalf, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, Geno Smith's got some weapons. He has got some serious weapons here, that's for sure. Uh, so just get back to the, uh, the big story here of the day. So the Eagles' joint practice today um, with the Colts, Turned really chippy and really ugly at one point. So um, there earlier, uh, Derek Barnett got into it, uh, a scuffle, and then no, not
2: Barnett, no,
1: shockingly. Um, and then later, uh, Kenneth Gainwell got got drilled pretty good. Oh, also along the way, uh, Sidney Brown hit Mo Ali Cox pretty hard. Kenny Gainwell got what the Eagles perceived as cheap shot, which really ticked off Kelsey. Kelsey basically took a running start and and laid out uh Zaire Franklin. Then the benches cleared and all hell broke loose to the point where they canceled the rest of the practice uh today. Does so, it say how many minutes they actually got into practice? I didn't know, I didn't get a minute count on it, but it was wow. definitely cut short for sure. Both coaches agreed we're we're ending this thing.
2: Well, considering teams are shying away from these joint practices altogether for health reasons, and now this, this, I think this the, the extracurricular uh, the extracurricular activity and training camp battles this year has been higher than any other year in recent memory I can I can remember, and you know when you do that kind of stuff, you're also putting your players in harm's way because some of those players don't have their helmets on, right. you know. And you're putting guys in an unnecessary harm's way. And especially when you're trying to hit the ground running to be the best that you can be, sometimes you have to protect players from themselves. Yeah. It's a very aggressive game. Nobody likes to be gotten the best of. Nobody wants you taking cheap shots at one of their brothers in arms. Uh, and stuff like this happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, and look, think about it from an Eagles um, offensive, especially, but Eagles starters standpoint. You don't play in preseason games. All you've been hitting is each other, basically, other than Cleveland last week, right? So when you get an opportunity to, to get some fresh blood, so to speak, you know, it could get chippy because you don't really get a chance to to, no. to to get into it too much, right? So um, that's the way it was. All right, so other than the scuffles, um, another really good day for Jalen Hurts by every, by all accounts from by everybody mm. who was down there. Uh, connected with A.J. Brown connected a couple times Devin Allen actually making some plays um, uh yeah Quez Watkins um aaba Zacchaeus uh making some plays as well he was uh, they had a lot of success success with DeAndre Swift out of the backfield uh play actions apparently working very well he's had a great camp Jalen has he, he's had a big time camp for them he
2: he appears poised Derek to just roll right into this season and keep it going. Well, um, when you read that article, you understand why. You expect nothing less. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't settle for what he did. He's always trying to make himself better for what he anticipates he wants to do and is going to do. But you're right. At the rate he's going now, he's got 2,000-yard receivers coming back. I expect them to come out of the gate rolling. And I'm interested in seeing how defenses try to defend them now more so. Since they've had a year of tape to look at in the offseason – all these defensive coordinators that are going to face this Eagles offense. And then I want to see how Brian Johnson counterattacks when teams attack him a different way than what he has seen on tape, you know? So it's going to, it's, this is going to be an interesting year. And I do think it's going to be a very successful year, successful year for the Eagles to what degree don't know if they'll win as many games as they want in the regular season, but should number one win the division and number two have the capability of going deep into the playoffs. The adjustment
1: factor is a compelling one that you bring up, Um you know, really with both of these guys, but you know how, how they're going to counter off of whatever the teams are taking away, because here's the, th- the, the, difference this year with last year is there there's not that there wasn't film on Jalen the year before, but there's, there's, there, I think there's going to be more of a concerted effort, Derek, to really take away his strengths. And how does Brian Johnson slash Nick Sirianni, get the most out of him here and and pivot off of what, what some of the things teams are going to be doing to try to counter him.
2: All right. I agree. Um, And and that's why I can't wait to see how much Jalen has improved. We asked the question, what does Jalen need to improve on? Only Jalen and the Eagles coaching staff know that they're not going Mm -hmm. to tell us that because you don't want to tip your hand and give the opposition something else to look for that might help you decide a game or not. But The Eagles, they understand they have the target on their back. They understand that people are looking at them every week as their Super Bowl game. They understand they have that proverbial um, proverbial swagger now that they're going to take to the field, and people are going to try to knock them off that pedestal. And that's why I love the even keelness of this team. Not too high, not too low. We're about getting their work done and seeing where it will take us. And we assume that we're still talented enough to be the team representing the NFC in, in the Super Bowl
3: game. Yeah,
2: I,
1: I would agree with that. Um, and, you know, and Kelsey for his part with everything that went down, uh, you know, it feels bad. He didn't, he, he, he expressed remorse in, in, in the fight, but I think the, I don't know that that's the same sentiment that's, that's happening in the locker room,
2: you know, yeah. from
3: some of the guys.
2: <laughs> um, oh, he said, and, he said and, and we, we, we haven't seen any footage of like, uh, Fish the Cups. We don't know if it was a pushing and shoving match out on the field today, yeah, yeah. if there were actual swings. We've seen footage from other camps, guys just swinging at each other. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case in this camp today. Hopefully some of that video comes out so we can analyze it and look at it and talk about it again. But um, so I, I hate to see the Eagles had their uh, work session cut short, but in terms of keeping players healthy – no fluke injury in a scrum like this. No fluke injury by way of a cheap shot or a late hit. You know, um, they're in a very good position still at this point in training camp. Minus the two guys that they, uh, they that, that they've lost to the injuries. And, of course, Miles Jackson retiring. Right. So. Right.
1: All right. Let me give you the quote from Kelsey. Tensions got uh, just got the better of me. You know, we try to keep things civil on the field, and I think for me, I take pride uh, myself on being a guy that sustains the emotion and the level of play out there. And I let the emotions get the better of me. Uh, That certainly doesn't belong out there on the field, and a little bit of shame that it got to that level uh, and that I did what I did. So certainly not happy about that, and I think very highly of the guys. Uh, that were out there, 44. He's referring to Zaire Franklin. I mean, where's number 44? I I think he's a tremendous player. I think a lot of uh, their guys up front, and they brought a lot of intensity to the day, which made the practices intense. And you know, I think I handle things properly there at that end, Um, you know, et cetera. Gainwell just said, uh, that's Kelsey being Kelsey. That's Kelsey being professional and taking players back. See, this is what I mean. Like these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, man. It's all good. Uh and Franklin handled it pretty well.
2: Look at, like, look at you gloating, man. Look, look at yeah, how you're gloating.
1: <laughs> he, he he was I I give Franklin props here. He says, uh quote, It's funny, you know, growing up in Philly, then he went to LaSalle High School, watching him play for a long time, a lot of respect for him, Talked to him a little bit after uh, we played them last year, thought the OGs would at least look me in the eye before, but it's all good. I might get a chance to look at him in the eye on Thursday. So we're going to be okay. All right. Okay, good. I like this.
2: I no, like. This. No, you're not going to see the only time you look at Kelsey on, uh, and eyes is when they're warming up before the game. You're not going to see him in a game. That's true. So whatever. But I fully expect that, uh, the Colts have identified a player or some players they want to get a shot at on Thursday night. Uh, I guarantee you that. Who is you it? Is it, uh-huh. is it Barnett? Is it Sidney Brown? Uh, you know, um, you know that somebody's going to be taking a shot. Yeah. And if I'm that, and if I'm the Eagles, my head's like this every snap. Every snap <laughs> plays over. Where's it coming from? Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh huh. Exactly. Um.
1: All right. So uh, let me sneak a little. Um. We talked about James Harden getting a one hundred thousand dollar fine a little bit earlier for his comments. Uh. When he mentioned uh, that Daryl Morey was a liar and he would never play for the uh, the Sixers organization as long as he was a part of them, but the other—I don't know if you call this Sixers news—but it's something. You remember uh, Mac McClung who won the dunk contest there? Yep. He has signed a partial deal uh, with the Orlando Magic, partially guaranteed Ooh. deal with the Magic. So yeah, he is—he's uh, going bye-bye. So he will. Hey, look, that guy's just trying to get a chance to play an entire NBA season. So he, he's going to go wherever, you know, wherever he can. I don't blame him. So he's. I'm surprised the Sixers didn't give more of a chance. Yeah, he actually played in that game. It was like the last game of the season, which didn't have a ton of meaning. He and uh, Springer played pretty well for them, but, you know, I guess they're just not uh, not trusting him, uh, so to speak, mm. as a, as a full time guy. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. It is NFL talk time. Uh, we'll get into a bunch of things again. Last night's game, the streak is is over. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Bryce Young, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff. There there is some starters being named at the quarterback position. Yep. So we'll we'll delve into all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, he is Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services. Uh, they are an experienced, licensed, insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They serve S- Southeastern PA, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Uh, you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information and a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610 610-850- 850 Twenty-eight forty-eight, or online at FlynnTreeServices dot That's Flynn dot
0: we're
1: back thanks for hanging out with us we do appreciate it uh as we head into our number three of the program that's derek i am rob all right gunner let's talk some uh let's talk some football man um a couple of things to dive into we talked about this yesterday and and finally the the bucks kind of stopped playing games but uh uh baker mayfield named the starter like he was making too much money uh they they didn't bring him over here to back up Kyle Trask. Now, that doesn't mean that if he doesn't play well, that they won't pull the trigger on him. They will exactly. it's a one year deal, but he was gonna be the starter and everybody knew it. And he, and here you go.
2: Well, you know what the thing is, you have to open a competition, especially when you're going in a new direction after the GOAT has officially retired. Uh, you know, you know, um Baker Mayfield's track record. He he's he's inconsistent at best. He can give you those wow factor moments, and he can also give you those moments that just make you cringe. And in terms of tracks, uh, Trask, here's a guy who's just trying to find his way and make a name for himself uh, at the National Football League level. Um, is he a better quarterback than, than Baker Mayfield? I, you can't go that far and say that. Man, I mean, I he's, he's 25 years old. Uh, he was a second-round pick of Tampa Bay, so they have some investment in him. He's a big dude, 6'5", 236, 240 pounds. You know, he's played one game in his career, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's he's thrown nine passes in his career. So you drafted him highly. You know, obviously he's not the second coming of Jalen Hurts as a second-round pick, but you have some investment in him. You've got to see what he's capable of doing, and especially um, in a situation like the head coach is in right now. I mean, he, this is a do or die situation for him, right? You know, Todd Bowles is a great coordinator, but I, let's face it. He failed the first time as a head coach. Yeah. And now he's got this chance and this is it. Unfortunately he's handcuffed just like a Ron Rivera because of the quarterback situation, mm-hmm. but this is it. Now Tampa Bay's got a good defense. A lot of question marks on offense that are running, running game in the offensive line and when you go in a situation like this, I want to make sure that I'm seeing what I'm seeing or our coaching staff is seeing what they're seeing in terms of who we decide is going to lead us in the battle when we kick off this new season. Yeah. No question about it.
1: All right. So um, Jonathan Gannon, our guy,
2: I know you missed him. I know you,
1: I know you missed talking about him, Derek, but uh,
2: like a wart. wart. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like something that needed to be lanced off your body. I know yeah. how much you missed it. <laughs> um, he won't name Colt McCoy as the starter. Now I don't know if that means he's playing around. That I don't. Kyler Murray is not coming back. We know that at least you know early. Uh, but li- listen to this depth chart. You ready for this? So it's Colt McCoy, fifth round pick Clayton Tune, who's a rookie out of Houston. David Blau and Jeff Driscoll. I mean, doesn't that just scream excitement if you're uh, an Arizona Cardinal fan?
2: Woohoo! You know here what? We, here we go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't put it past to go with David Blau. I mean, he 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 wasn't great, but I've seen a kid play. He looked like he had some ability. Um, he hasn't had a lot of chances. Now he's thrown. He's thrown one hundred thirty-eight, uh, uh, two hundred forty-two passes in his career. Yeah. The only problem is he's only completed one thirty-eight or fifty-seven percent. He's got six career touchdown passes, nine interceptions, but he can move around a little bit. I'm not Colt McCoy. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what this is the best of what I have, Colt McCoy. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it ain't great. I would, I would go, I would go find a quarterback in the CFL. You look at Colt McCoy's career; he's played for one, two, three, four. This is his fifth team in his yeah. career. Yeah, you and know, he's bounced and, a bit. He has definitely bounced a bit. And he's, and it's like, that's the best I can find. He's thirty-six years old. You know, what is Colt McCoy going to give you at this point? Yeah, if I'm an offensive player and I'm going in the huddle, and I'm like, really, yeah. this is who quarterbacking us? Yeah. I'm not going out here to get hurt for this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how much money are you paying me? I'm not getting hurt for this. Yeah, it's, it's that's going to be hideous.
1: That whole thing is going to be hideous out there. I'm telling you.
2: Ooh. Can you imagine a, a head coach excited about going into a new situation? Your number one receiver didn't want to play there anymore. You got rid of him. Your quarterback is divisive. And he's not going to be available to start the season, and your other three to four options are like. They wouldn't make. They wouldn't make some CFL teams. Some of them, to be yeah, honest.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, it's not good. All right. Let, you remember we talked about the uh, Baker Mayfield and his wife are are trying to figure out what happened to the twelve million dollars oh, yeah. they invested in, in companies that were, you know, in part founded by his father. So he he did address it to an extent. He said, "quote I'll say this. It's been a long time coming for that. I'm not going to comment on any details, but yeah, I've been dealing with that stuff for years now. So mentally, I'm in a much better headspace. So yeah, uh, we're ready to roll. And we're ready to roll means like he's ready to play. Um, he's due uh, to earn four million this year, with up to four point five more available in incentives. Um, so anyway, but but that's." Um, it sounds like he's been dealing with this for a while and it sounds like there may have been some shadiness in terms of family members for a while now that this guy's had to deal with. And and we, we talked about it yesterday. It just stinks for these guys that the the people closest to him have to maybe in some way, screw them over. You know, it's just frustrating.
2: It's one thing if it's a close friend, a distant cousin, but when your dad is involved or if it's a brother or a sister involved, (sighs) Man, that cuts. That cuts deep, man. Yeah. Just thinking guy, about it messes. Yeah. Things, you know? yeah. All he wants to do is focus on trying to win a starting job, and prove people wrong. But yeah, hey, man, this ain't this ain't twenty thousand. This ain't two hundred thousand. This is twelve million dollars that I invested in this. Man, you I want. And, and he said it's been going on for a while. So is that a year, two years, and he still hasn't got an answer? See, the way I, the way I'm hearing it now is, first of all, you start asking questions. Hey, where's my money? Yep. Second is, can I see some, 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 some printouts to show how the money's being used? Yep. No response. Nope. No, no yeah. verification. So you push to the point where you got to bring in lawyers now yep. to get what you want, which means if there is some hanky panky going on, you got people on the other side now scrambling, trying to doctor things up to make it look good. Mm-hmm. But first of all, if I find out where my money is and if my money is still there, Give me all my money back, and I'm moving it somewhere else. I'm done. I don't care if you are family. This has been, this has been trying. Look mm-hmm. at what is, he's gone through the last couple of years. He's jettisoned out of Cleveland. Then he goes to, to the Rams for one year.
1: No, no, he was cut by um,
2: – oh, where
1: was he last year? That He got cut last year, well, no, the last year. No, but they picked him up late.
2: Oh, they pick, you're right. They picked him up late. You're right.
1: Yeah. So he you gets know, cut, then gets picked up. It's been, it's been really, he was in Carolina.
2: He was in Carolina. And all I'm trying to do, and, and Carolina needed a quarterback. He couldn't stay there. Right. You know, all I'm trying to do is is continue my career as long as I can. I got $12 million and nobody's giving me answers, especially family.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I got to worry about this stuff now. Yeah. You know, I don't blame, give me my money. I want my money now. What if the money's gone forever? Right. That's $12 million he's never going to see again. Exactly. Yeah, not good, do, man. File a lawsuit, make them pay it. Well, if they can't give you your money, that means they can't pay the money back. That's, exactly. That's a, shame. that's a shame. And the thing is, you try to be a good guy, help family out. Right. And, yeah. it's, usually, and it's usually family that does you in more so than an outsider. Correct. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad situation. That's All true.
1: right. Uh Stefan Diggs uh addressed something uh that Stephen A. Smith said on Monday's first take. Stephen A said, quote, um, brother wants out. By the way, I'm just telling you what I know. Uh, I got my own sources, brother wants out. He don't want to be in Buffalo no more. I'm telling you right now, I have my sources. Stefan Diggs got to be there, but he would prefer to be gone. And then So I guess after practice or whatever, Diggs got word of this and put a tweet out saying 100% not true. Uh, I don't know who the source is, but I thought I nipped this bleep in the bud already. This whole thing with him has been strange, uh, right? I mean, really, from from the beginning of this offseason, I I don't know what to make of any of it. He's not happy. He's happy. He's okay. Uh, Everybody's trying to cater to him. I I don't know what's up with him, but he's saying it's not true
2: you don't want your teammates looking at you sideways. And let's face it, you know, whether you like him or not, Stephen A has a lot of contacts in the industry. Right. And I don't think Stephen A would just put it out there, you know, just be throwing stuff on the wall. He doesn't need to just throw stuff on the wall like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, somebody told him something that, that knew a little something. But whether it's true or not, Stephon did the right thing, squashing it right away. I mean, he could have very easily let it just fester for three or four days. Which would have really opened up speculation, which really would have had the media pressing coaches and players alike again about this issue. He squashed it real quick. Let's see how that, let's see how it holds up because you're right. This whole summer is bizarre. If he doesn't get the ball enough when the season starts, if if he doesn't feel he's being uh, incorporated enough into decision making ventures in practice or in games, let's see how that holds up. But this has been this is like a a, a bad sci fi movie.
1: yeah there always seems to be something going on there right it's never oh my
2: goodness yeah
1: um all right so beyond that uh as we mentioned a little bit earlier if you didn't hear it so anthony richardson will start the game uh for the colts so when we were talking about the whole jonathan taylor thing I, i started looking at this and i pulled up their uh their depth chart so if you look at what you know richardson he's got some good offensive linemen including quentin nelson but you look at his skill position players, Michael Pittman's a nice receiver, right? But uh, okay. be- beyond that, he's got Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, eh, Josh Downs, Rashard Perryman, who's never really worked out, right? The tight end is Kylan Grantson and Mo Ali Cox. Eesh. Eesh. Not, not a lot there for,
3: for
2: Richardson. Uh, uh, no, it's not. And Shane Steichen has his work cut out for him. I'm I'm interested in seeing what this kid likes. I keep hearing all these fabulous accolades about him. You know, great arm. They show one video clip the other day. He rolls to his right and throws a deep ball off balance. And people are like, yeah, it looks nice. He goes, that would have been, you know, they're saying, that would have been a pick in a game. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks nice with a guy standing, standing stationary at a goal line and throw it in his bread basket. But this kid is 6'4", 6'5", 250, 255. Jesus. I want to see what he looks like. I want to see how mobile he is Yeah. because he was a phenomenal athlete in college. Although he had the, you know, the knee injury and all mm-hmm. before he got hurt, he was a phenomenal athlete in college. I like to look at the numbers and see how much bigger he is now compared to when he played in college. And is if it if, obviously at this stage from what we're hearing, hasn't affected his mobility or his ability to function as a quarterback. But Hey, you get five pounds bigger. You talking about playing linebacker or, or edge rusher
1: tight end <laughs> yeah. Glad,
2: yeah yeah
1: no he well, is he is a, he is a large it. yeah, yeah. Um, all right so other beyond that um miles Garrett uh restructured his deal he's, he's not losing any money he just restructured it which uh, opened up 12 million for the Cleveland Browns so they will have 12 million more to play with so uh, does that
2: mean Cleveland's looking at something else to add to the equation can't
1: imagine they're gonna go like Jonathan Taylor route, but they could be looking at something.
2: Now, long as they have Nick Chubbs there, Jonathan Taylor's not, not what they're looking for, but plus Jonathan Taylor's looking for too money, too much money. You know um, he's going to have to come way off his stance because the, the, the brain trust of the NFL has already sent the message out loud and clear to running backs. This just ain't your time. There was a time when you guys got the big money this ain't your time. So he's he's going to have to come off his stance in terms of what he's looking for yeah. financially. Uh, he picked the wrong year to, to, to be going through a rookie year of his contract. A few years ago, he might have got money similar to Derrick Henry, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. But that money's not there for running backs right now for whatever the reason. And the cyclical, you know, it'll come back around. There'll be another position that gets shunned and the running back will be a prominent position again. But unfortunately for him, now is not the time.
1: Uh, Robert Sala says you can't coach scared, you can't play scared, in reference to starting Aaron Rodgers in the preseason finale. He said you can slip getting out of your car, something going to happen, you knock on wood, everybody will be fine, is the way he's looking at it. Um, look, I, I, I get it to an extent. I mean, not only do you want to get Rodgers out there and just throwing with in, in sort of real simulated game action, You also want to get Mekhi Becton and the offensive line and and the running backs on the same page with him. Like, you know, you you want to get all these guys out there together because that's generally the way you do it, barring any kind of injuries. You put everybody out there. So it makes sense
2: from that standpoint. And Mekhi Becton is starting at right tackle. He needs the reps. Yeah. Uh, The entire offense does because, you know, Aaron had a much different cadence compared to – you know, Mike White, Zach Wilson. So you got to get used to that in a game situation. And yeah. you need to get some game timing down. Is it a risk putting the front line guys out there, you know, the Garrett Wilsons and all these guys if they're healthy? Yes. But you need it. You, want to, you don't want to go in the season blindly. Your first game out of the gate is a big game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so you don't want to go in this thing blindly. You want to come away, whether it's one series, two series, a quarter, or whatever the case may be, thinking, okay, we got that timing down that we need it. There's going to be times when receivers have to scramble, when Rodgers' primary target doesn't come open. you got to practice those things in a game that you don't see in a practice session. You know, I don't blame them. It's, it's a huge risk, but you know it's going to be a big draw because it's in New York it entails the Giants and the Jets. So you know there's going to be a big fan base draw for this game. Oh, geez, for
1: sure, man. I mean, there's no question about that. I, that I, What we talked about yesterday, we'll be watching. You know, that's for sure. But yeah. Yeah um i'm uh, i'm on raw st brown uh won't be playing this week but they feel good about him with the ankle uh to be able to go week 1 uh they said he's in a really good place he's doing well they need him because they're a little bit thin at the receiver spot with with some of the some of the things that have been going on suspensions for Jamison williams etc so looks like he's going to be good to go he's a key to this whole thing he's not playing
2: that's a concern you know <laughs> if i'm, if I'm Jared Goff. And you got them coming out of the gate playing Kansas City in Kansas City? You're going to have to score points in that game. That's going to be
1: – you have to answer. There's going to be a lot of answering done
2: for that. Yeah, you know, uh, Amon, take the rest of camp off. You're yep. done until at, that Thursday night game. Is that yeah. That's the third season opener, right? Yes. We'll see you September oh, 10th yeah. whatever, or 7th, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, you're done. You're done. Just keep working out on the side. Keep rehabbing. Get those cold, hot treatments. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you that Thursday night because yeah. you're done. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, all right so the uh, the big story uh beyond that so Jonathan Taylor wants out I'm just trying to think like what are, who are some potential landing spots
2: let's see here
1: Miami right I mean Miami maybe
2: um possibly Miami um
1: I know the Eagles have been floated and I and I, I don't see it uh that's not but, happening.
2: Eagles are not happening.
1: You know, I think Chris Sims said the Chargers, but they already have Eckler. So I don't know if that makes much it sense.
2: Might might be a good dual threat situation. Um, yeah. I mean, they don't want to even
1: pay Eckler, though. <laughs> they begrudgingly yeah, right. gave him some, you know, incentives to reach.
2: Let's see. Carolina, you have Sanders and, and, and Chuba. Yeah, they're not. Um, 49ers, no. no. Cardinals? No. Cardinals, maybe? Cardinals are a possibility.
1: Cardinals
2: Rams? are a possibility, yeah. I'd have to
1: see what they have to give, but, yeah, Cardinals are a possibility for sure.
2: What about the Rams?
1: Um, yes. Yes, Rams would make sense. But they're so – they don't have any picks, though.
2: No, no they don't. Because they've
1: traded everything away, remember, over the years.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's out. Yeah. Um... And not knowing on the surface what everybody's draft situation is like or draft commodity is like. Isn't this the tricky uh, part
1: of this if you're him? There, there's there's very few teams that either value running back or have the assets to give up to get you.
2: Would that goofy owner settle for a fifth or sixth round pick, giving away a pro bowl running back like that just to get away from him or to appease him, knowing that that guy doesn't want to play for him?
1: Man, maybe. Maybe. A possibility yeah it's a wow. possibility uh Paul says um he thinks the Bucks, the Rams or the Cardinals um
2: I think Arizona is the best option to be honest yeah.
1: but geez man uh, not that not that the Colts are going to do it make any noise but you're you're going to a bad spot if you end up there unless you, if you're just looking to get paid that's fine I get it good for you you're not winning anything not mm-hmm. only this year but for a while with mm-hmm. that squad mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Let's dig into it, Derek. Let's continue our march around the, uh, the divisions. And today we do the NFC South. We'll do the West tomorrow and then the East on Thursday. OK, that's that's where yep. our, our pecking yep. order is here. So let's go with the NFC South, which consists of the Panthers, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Saints. They're your four teams in the NFC South. So give me the order in which you think that they will finish here.
2: Wait, wait, I'm going to let you go first this time. All right, All right, I'm first. All right, I'm going to write this down because you said you were adamant that we are not going to be some simpatico this time. I do think that. I do
1: think okay. that. All right. Okay. All right, I am going to go with the Falcons winning okay. the division.
8: Atlanta, I am okay. going to go with
1: the New Orleans Saints finishing second, okay. the Carolina Panthers finishing third, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finishing fourth and last. So I go Falcons. I go Saints. I go Panthers, and I go Bucks. I am staying true to my Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter will show you he's the real deal, and they have plenty of other weapons. Yes, Arthur Smith. Bring it home, my friend. All right, Derek, how about you?
2: We are the same. At number four, <laughs> number three, and number two and one, we differ. Okay,
1: all you right. You're, you've been a Saint man all along. Yes.
2: I have Saints, Falcons. Carolina Tampa Bay that's what I've been I've been consistent with that thought you for months been. I've all seen right. nothing to to make me change and when I started digging and looking at all the numbers and the players um I am confident that derek Carr will be the savior down in New Orleans he will put New Orleans back on that national playoff map. He will be one of the quarterbacks, and they will be one of the teams that are talked about throughout this regular season. So, yes. So, I go All Saints, right. Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. All right. Let me justify my Atlanta pick.
1: Okay. Now, granted, a ton of this hinges on Desmond Ritter. Um, and I loved what I saw from him at Cincinnati when he was in college. I like that they got good value on him where they took him. I'm right. a believer in Desmond Ritter. But I also like what they did around him. Bijan Robinson and yep. Tyler Algier is a nice one too. You still have, or at least I don't I know he's banged up now, but you're gonna have uh Cordero Patterson at some point, right? Yep. So it, it, bottom line is you have those two guys, the younger guys. You have Drake London, who is a, a bigger, you know, quality receiver, uh Mac Collins, who's become serviceable, Scotty Miller, who's the speed guy, Kyle Pitts, a tight end. You also have Johnu Smith backing up Kyle Pitts. Pretty solid offensive line. Jake Matthews, uh, Caleb Gary, you have uh, Matthew Bergeron, you got Chris Lidstrom, whatever. Then you go to the defense. Uh, Calais Campbell, yes, a little long in the tooth, still pretty solid player. Grady Jarrett, pretty solid player. Uh, Caden Ellis, who's legit. They brought over Bud Dupree. They have A.J. Terrell at one of the, uh, the linebacking spots. They have Jesse Bates, who they brought over here. Uh, Jeff Akuda who doesn't look like it's going to be anything all that serious. Right. Last time we checked, uh, right. at that cornerback spot, Trey flowers behind him. There's talent there. There's talent on this team. And I think it's a, they weren't terrible last year, but they didn't get great quarterback play. And for the most part, it was Marcus right. Right. Mariota. Yep. Um, and then it was him. I I'm with you in that. I do like the saints. Like, I, I think that Derek Carr has got a lot to prove, um, But I don't love their running back situation, especially early without Kamara for the first three games. Yeah, Uh, I don't love that. Um, Defensively, they got some players and they got some receivers. I will say that. Uh, I wonder about Dennis Allen a little bit. I I I feel better about Arthur Smith than I do Dennis Allen as a head coach. But you know, and the other two teams, uh, Carolina is is really. I think it's they, Derek. You they might almost be better off. Starting Andy Dalton and letting him just take the beating if this offensive line keeps playing like this, because you're going to get Bryce Young broken in half. They're going to get this guy killed. It's a mistake.
2: I agree with you on a lot of reasons. I look at this. The Saints had the number five defense in the league last year. Yeah. They were number two against the pass, and they brought back many of the same players, and they've added Tyron Matthew to the mix, who I think is one of the best, you know, strong safeties in the game still. Uh, you have Marcus May on your back end as your free safety. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best cornerbacks in the game. You have Cameron Jordan, who's Mr. Consistency, coming off the edge. Mm-hmm. Demario Davis is one of the best middle linebackers in the game, inside linebackers in the game. Michael Thomas, for me, is the key. If he's healthy all the way back with Chris Olave, that's going to open up that passing game tremendously. And they went out and got Jamal Williams, the 1,000-yard running back from Detroit, who ran for 17 t- rushing touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. And a 266 carry. So he can handle the load until Kamara gets back. We still don't know if they're going to add Kareem Hunt. If they add Kareem Hunt to yeah. go along with Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, that is a lethal trio of backs. Somebody's not going to be happy in that backfield. I
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, like their tight end, Foster Moreau. They used their first two ta- uh, uh, draft picks this year. In the first round, they got Brian Barisi, a six-five. I love him. Al yeah. Clemson. Yep. 300-pound nose tackle. And then with the second pick, they picked D. N. Isaiah uh, Foskey, who's also six, five and a half.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So they're putting more emphasis on their defense. The thing that worries me is last year they were minus 11 in the takeaway giveaway department. They had 14 takeaways but gave the ball away 25 times. And I do believe that's because of the inconsistency in the quarterback play. I think Derek Carr is going to stabilize that team much better I don't think Jameis Winston gets off the bench unless Derek Carr gets hurt. I agreed. Um you still have you know Taysom Hill, one of the best Swiss Army knives in the game. Is he is he running, is he running a Wildcat? Is he running a jet sweep? Is he playing tight end? Is he playing wide receiver? Heck, he might even line up at running back and throw a pass for a touchdown. <laughs> I like the X factor, factor with that guy. Atlanta spent a lot of money on defense because they were 27th in defense last year, giving up 360-something yards a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were porous against the pass, giving up 130 yards against the run. Offensively, they averaged 319 yards of offense. Ritter, I like him, but I can't say I love him because I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, fair enough. They went out, and you're right. All the names you mentioned on defense, I think I was – I think I, I told you guys earlier this year they spent close to like $500 million They just- really
1: spent – yeah, they really did
2: spend. Yeah. Arthur Black will spend, yeah, for sure. Jesse Bates on the back end of that defense is a, is a godsend for that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's one of the best safeties in the game. Of course, Eagles fans were screaming to get Bates in here. Yep. Uh, obviously, they weren't going to pay Bates what they paid him down in Atlanta. Mac Hollins, we're sitting here talking about Mac Hollins Still doing it, receiver. yeah, but he has some pretty good numbers with the Raiders. I agree, right? I agree. Um, uh, I do like Scotty Miller as a speedster. Yeah. I wish he got more touches so we could see what he's capable of. Um, I've always been a big Bud Dupree fan, I yeah. love Bud Dupree, small, a smaller backer, but very active. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at Carolina, I don't understand their mindset. Of going out and, and getting a lot of people they brought in to go with a rookie young untested quarterback. Now I understand you have to start somewhere when you're starting over, new head coach. And if you've identified this guy as a guy who's who's an exception to the rookie rule, but he's so slight of build, man. And that offensive line has been a mess in preseason games. You know, and, and I just have genuine concerns about this dude being able to, to finish what he starts
3: mm-hmm.
2: because he's so small and so thin. You know, he's got an arm. For a guy who's only 5'10", 5'11", oh, he's got an arm. For sure. Okay. And, and
1: he's great off schedule, just yes. kind of
2: moving around. At the, yeah. Yep. And accurate. He's accurate in the pocket. He's accurate um, on the run. But he hasn't faced it at, against these NFL schemes. You know, college is one thing. And he played at a great program. But you're seeing different schemes that you don't see in college now. And how is he going to respond to that, you know? And if that office, offensive line is not fixed, you right, they're going to get him killed. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. Yeah. Um, I put Tampa at the bottom. I have any choice because of the quarterback situation. And now that they've confirmed that Baker Mayfield I do guy, tr- I don't know if I trust Baker Mayfield for 17 games. The defense was number nine in the league last year. They've got great talent on defense, but the offense con- consistently let them down. I mean, they scored 18 points a game last year with the GOAT at the helm. What are they going to do with, with Baker Mayfield? at the helm of this offense. I don't
1: know. I, I I think at some point, obviously, if it's not going well, it's going to be Trask, right? I mean,
2: we're, we're, we're going to see him later in the year. It's yeah. not going to happen early. I mean, you know, they, they've got – man, they're, they're, their defense, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, Carlton Davis, Shaq Barry, Levante Davis. So they have three of the best linebackers in the game. They have one of the best trio of linebackers in the game. They play a 3-4 scheme. You still have Vitavia in the middle of that defense. Um, you want to got Kalaja Cancy as a D tackle. And I liked him coming out of college, yep. but on the small side of six1 288 out of pit. Um, it keeps coming back to Baker Mayfield. It I does. Know. I mean, they, they could only
1: win eight games with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, is the offensive line improved enough? Yeah. We did, you know, Brady got hit a lot. Um, and I think that was a big piece of this thing. I, they don't have a running game. Yeah. And they didn't do a ton to improve that in the offseason. I I just, I don't like, I don't like anything about that. Let me ask you, what do you think is a better division? The NFC South or the AFC South? So the NFC South, you know, can all the teams we just talked about, the AFC South consists of the Jaguars, Titans, Colts, or Texans. You talk, those two last two teams are bad. It's bad. Um,
2: Although I do believe the Texans are going to surprise some people.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think they're on the right track.
2: Yeah, I do too. They have two two great high first-round draft picks that are both going to start for this team. They've got a nice running back, a nice offensive line. Um, D'Amico Ryans went out and emphasized, I need some play- better defensive players in here. They brought him in, especially one of his guys from from San Francisco yeah. uh, as a safety on the back end. But I just don't know about C.J. Stroud. He's, a, he's an Ohio State quarterback, and historically – Ohio State never turns out great quarterbacks. They take out they they turn out phenomenal receivers, mm-hmm. but when it comes to quarterbacks, it, for whatever reason, that's been jinxed. Um, let's see the AFC South or the MC South. Whew. That's a tough one. Um, because you have two teams that you could justify
1: with the Jags and the Titans you know really really being playoff teams right can you yeah. really justify two teams coming out of the nfc north i can't
2: you mean nfc south
1: i mean nfc south sorry uh, i i can't i can't,
2: I can't either no, no i can't no so so i guess when you put it like that i have to go with the afc south but i would say this both weak.
1: <laughs> you know like they're both they're they're you, know
2: they're yeah. you have you have a um, you have certain divisions that are exceedingly strong, like the, like the AFC East, the AFC North, the AFC West, West is very intriguing. Yep. Um, And then you have the NFC West, which is I think going to be a three team race instead of two. Mm -hmm. I I, I really do. Um, I think, I think as poorly as the Rams look, if Matthew Stafford stays healthy, I think, I don't think they're going to be anything more than an 8-9 nine or 9-18, nine and team, but I do think they're – I don't think it's just a two-horse race between Seattle and San Francisco out there. Arizona's a hot mess. I, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon got himself into, but he may have a short tenure in Arizona, and not based on his coaching, but based on how much of a mess that, that organization is.
1: Yeah, he, he's a great example of the fine line or the balance that you, you look at and you say to yourself, uh, maybe I should just be patient and be a coordinator and wait it out. Or these jobs may never come by again and I got to grab it up. Well, I, when, I, when one opens, you got to take it. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I was just going to say, I, I ultimately I would err on taking the gig and figuring it out rather than, because it's better to have taken a shot yep. than never get a shot.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You so. know, go, go for it while you can because, you know what, why stay stagnant? Nobody expects much from you anyway. So sure. why not Let's go for it? Yeah.
1: And all you can really hope for is you have an administration that has some patience knowing that you're stepping into a really bad spot. Yes, exactly. And that's, uh, that's really uh, about it. All right. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll roll into our final segment. We got uh, great birthdays, great movies. Also, uh, Gunner, we uh, have another cast member joining Undisputed. We'll get into that. Uh, When he come back uh, and a bunch of other things uh, to close it on out. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're sports take Jacob sports YouTube network right back. Final segment of the program. Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. That's Derek. I am Rob. We're sports take Uh smash the like button. If you could friends, we appreciate it. All right. Uh, the sort of revolving door here thing that, that that's going on with the undisputed show with skip Bayless uh, adds another member here, Derek. So what we already know is Richard Sherman's going to do. What was the number? Fifty to one hundred of them per year, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Yep. Uh, we heard who here? Little Wayne? Who else was that? I'm trying oh to remember who man. else there was the Thousands, man. Yeah. So the latest is Michael Irvin uh, will be joining the show. So this is interesting on a couple of levels because Irvin was in sort of a holding pattern here with both ESPN and the NFL Network for an alleged incident that happened at the Super Bowl where he was sent home. Urban yep. has, has, you know, pushed back on this hard, in fact, countersuit, saying he did nothing wrong.
2: Right, uh, I right. haven't
1: heard any kind of update on where the, where that stands and, and you know, and whatnot. So uh, just trying to be fair and balanced here on both sides. So he was sort of in limbo, but I guess, I guess he's been given permission either to get out of his deals with ESPN or the NFL network. And Fox has vetted this enough. Or FS one, whatever, has vetted this enough to feel confident that you know everything will turn out well. So anyway, Michael Irvin, you know, will be joining the show.
2: Um, I think when you look at the current cast of characters they have, yeah. all right. I, no, I'm sorry, There's a bug. Yeah, I'm just And it's nice to see right. you too. Thanks. When you look at the current cast of characters that they have, you have guys that will sit across from Skip Bayless and give him whatever he gives them. You know, they're not guys that are shy about formulating opinions. You know, I've heard Lil Wayne talk about sports, and I was, like, impressed over the past years about his sports knowledge. Uh, I like him even more so because he's a big Packers fan, but that's another story. (laughs) But he's very knowledgeable and uh, very insightful, so I'm, I'm curious to see what that turns out like. But I think, if anything, instead of just having one host, I think them having multiple hosts will increase their viewership. Because you're getting big names. You're not just getting marginal names. I mean, Richard Sherman, very opinionated. Oh, sure. Uh, Michael Irvin, very opinionated. And Lil Wayne, one of the biggest rapper entertainers in the industry. You know, uh, Who knows who they're going to add to the mix? But obviously, they're shelling out some some big money to get these people in here.
1: Oh, that's the thing. I mean, Fox spends, man. I, I, I don't know in this day and age, whatever, but they spend, they do spend where ESPN is cutting, you know, left and right. It feels like Fox is, I mean, they pony up for Bayless, for coward, for, you know, some of their other folks there, they, yeah. they pay, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm, look, I, as I said to you, I don't watch, I really just don't watch these kind of shows. Frankly, I'm not watching TV during the day much. I'm preparing the shows and doing whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, and I also just think the format of it is so predictable and, you know, you're going to take this side. I'm going to take this side. Even if we don't really feel that way, we're going to battle exactly. each other. Exactly. So it's not my cup of tea. And Bayless to me is, is a guy who, who, who throws a lot of like sort of desperate Hail Marys out there, you know, trying to get people yes. To, yes. to bite, especially like, like, I think I always try to say to Philadelphia fans, especially sports fans, like don't bite on his, on his, uh, the stuff that he tries to throw out there for you. Just don't, don't, I mean, the bait is he, he casts the line, and then Philadelphia fans take it hook, line, and sinker. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You're, you're, you're better than that. Uh, but anyway, so that's uh, that's that. Have you, have you been following this? Uh, I think we talked about it, but the, the Wander Franco story. Major um,
2: I, I stopped following it. I mean, he came out made a statement that is not true. Yeah. Uh, when I hear stories about stuff that like that, it, it just makes my stomach turn. Um, and, and I'm trying to be. As objective as possible. You know, you see stuff out there initially, and then it has to filter a little bit before the actual truth is told in terms of what is and what isn't. Yeah. Uh but what you see on the surface is really, really discouraging and really sickening. And I, I'm not gonna formulate an opinion on this right now. I want to see how it plays itself out, but but what is the latest on this thing now?
1: So, uh he's been placed on administrative leave by Major League Baseball. Um there's multiple investigations into alleged relationships with underage girls in the Dominican, which is where he's from. Uh, he's tw- he yeah, he's 22. Um he missed this past week, the Rays placed him on restricted on the restricted list. Uh he's being investigated by Dominican police as well as Major League Baseball's Department of Investigations. No charges have been filed yet. Um Prosecutor last week uh, said a division specializing in minors and gender violence is directing the police investigation. Anyway, you know, there's, there's a lot to it and it's, uh, you know, you hope this stuff isn't, isn't true. If it is, it's pretty sick. It's, it's pretty so sick. stuff. So
2: it started out as one girl. Now it's multiple possibly. Yeah. Under uh, eight, as, under young
1: as, as young as 14.
2: So it's not good. Uh, uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. All allegedly. right. I, I have no comment on that right now. I really don't. Cause yep, you know what yeah. I mean. It's,
3: it's like-
1: I, I know what you mean. Yeah, we, we could just leave it. But I, I it's it you know it's he there was a, you know news today regarding it. And I got you. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, back to the the you know, the fun and games department. Uh, James Harden uh, has been fined a hundred thousand dollars by uh and the nba for his comments and it wasn't the Daryl morey's a liar it was the he would not perform uh for 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 uh he would not perform the services called for under his player contract unless he was traded to another team that's the part that really got him saying i i will never be a part of a team that he's a part of
2: so okay. that's actually what got him so even if he said that right if he doesn't play he doesn't get paid okay Correct. plain simple so why does he have to be fined hundred thousand dollars for speaking his opinion? You know, isn't that what this country is based on—freedom of speech? Say what you want to say. I understand when you work for a corporation, there has to be certain guidelines. I get that, but it's not like he—he he cursed at the man. He just said he's a liar. I'm not playing for him. What's wrong with that? You know, does that you know, just it, it, why? Because it, it, it makes your league look bad. That that employee says that about an official of the league.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it, it really comes down to they don't want players openly campaigning to be traded to their destination spot.
2: Tone says it's called double dip and D The league pulled a fast one.
1: Well, and what what what's a fast one about it? Yeah, what,
2: what? I, I don't understand that. What does a fast one mean? You know, I think the league's trying to send a message to players that, hey, there's certain things we will not allow you to say. But you know, I, you know, like us snickering at James Harden being fined a hundred thousand. A lot of those players make a hundred thousand a game. You think that that bothers them if they they voice their opinion? No, that they're going to be fined a hundred thousand. I don't think you know, they care. You're not getting the players' attention in that regard. You're not hurting the player. Most of those players have some deals that make a hundred thousand dollars inside money, endorsement money, shoe it, money. It, you know what it is? It's it's almost symbolic
1: in some ways, uh, more than it is anything else. Like it's like. Oh, we're going to slap you on the wrist because it's in our CBA and here you go. But we really know that $100,000 is nothing to James Harden. I, I I think it's one of those things. And it's, it's, Hey, we find him for doing it. Don't you do it? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just my, my read, my guess. Um, you know, anyway. So anyway, so tone says, you just said it. If he doesn't play, he doesn't get paid anyway. Uh, so why find him? That's the best. All right. I, I, I got it. I got it. I get where he's coming from. Um, you
2: know what? I mean, the penalty to me is if he doesn't play, then get paid. Right. And, and what he doesn't get paid is by far greater than a hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah. You know, well, look, he's
1: showing up. There's too much at stake for him not to show up.
2: I don't know, Rob. James Harden's a different dude, man. I don't know. I don't know. Really? Do so you think he might not show up? I uh, do. You can't say what he said this summer and then show up because everybody's laughing at you then. You can't okay. say that. You said, number one, not once, but twice in a span of 15 seconds. This man is a liar. Then you just recently said, I will never play for an organization with him in the or You just said, not maybe. I'm thinking about not playing. because you leave that door open? I'm speculating. I'm thinking about it. You said, I will not play for a team that has this man running the organization. Emphatically. You put that out there. Yeah. Nobody twisted your arm. True. You can't play for this team now. You can't
1: play. Mm, I see. I just look at it like w- with James Harden. More often than not, decisions come down to money. And when you're talking about the amount of money that that's there, the that, that potentially he could lose. I don't know. Maybe you swallow some pride. The question is, what's next? He's, he's done. Screwed- he's done the public. You know, ripping the guy. What's next? Because something
2: else is coming. He screwed himself, Rob. Yeah. He basically took. He took a definitive stance. I will not do this emphatically. I will not do this if that man's, and basically you cut your own throat because now any potential trade partner is backing off. Yeah. The any parts of this mess, yeah, you've handcuffed the organization. You can't. You've 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 limited them in terms of teams that could possibly talk to, and you have so you have told everybody involved. You've told the world. You went over to China and told the world, "I will not play for this team." Yeah. I will not play for that man. I don't trust him. You can't. You can't come back. Sixers can't bring you back. How does he? What if he? What if he changes his mindset? I'm going to play. Right. How is Joe and B going to look at him? How is his teammates going to look at him? How's the front office? Can you imagine the 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 the, the, air, the tension in the air between him and 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 in the front office on a daily basis? Yeah, of absolutely. how we have to try to avoid each other in small qu- quarters? Mm-hmm. Keep, that's, not a, that's not a functioning – that is not a positively functioning operation. No, far from it. Yeah, far from it. Look, the Sixers are, are, are just
1: dysfunction. Yeah, I mean, it's all it is. It's, it feels like it's just dysfunction. Uh, that's for sure. All right, want to do a little, uh, little birthdays, little movies? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do birthdays. Uh, David Chase, who was the creator of The Sopranos. Uh, and 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 wrote many of the episodes is seventy eight years old today. Uh, James DeBarge uh, of the El Barge
2: group
4: uh, oh,
1: yeah. is sixty today. Uh, Dua Lipa is twenty eight years old today. Lamelo Ball, who we talked about yesterday, the youngest, yep. is only is twenty two, only twenty two years old today. Uh, Kristen Wiig, very funny, uh, a comedian, a comedian actress, uh, who was uh, in Bridesmaids and Saturday Night Live, she's fifty today uh lane staley of Alice allison chains was born on this day 1967 unfortunately he died at a very young age james corden who, who had a long time talk show uh here in yep. the states and moved back to london is 45 years old why Tyber- he the yeah uh-huh. why did he leave the show he wanted to live in london he didn't want to live in the states anymore really yeah i'm sorry i've been to london nice place but yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's born there, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> um, Ty Burrell is uh 56. He is uh he played Phil on uh uh modern family. Very yep. funny guy, man. He is very funny. Uh Giada di uh has a lot of cooking shows and whatnot. She is 53 years old, uh, born in Italy. Ray Bradbury, the author. Yes, born on this day, 1920. Great author, great writer. Uh, Valerie Harper, actress, uh, long-time Mary Tyler Moore. She had her own show. She was very, very good, very funny. Uh, Was born on this day, 1939. Uh, Cindy Williams, who played Shirley in Laverne and Shirley, uh, sadly just passed away. She was born on this day, 1947. Uh, Tori Amos, the singer, is 60 years old. Adam Thielen, uh, receiver now for the Carolina Panthers, former Viking. He is 33 years old uh, today. Uh, Norman Schwarzkopf. Yep the 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 former uh man he he was U.S. Army general. Yeah, the '80s and '90s man, he was everywhere. It felt like yes, he uh, was. Uh, 1934 he was born. Yes, Carl uh is 84 years young today. Yes, mm. Johnny Lee Hooker, the great musician. Yeah, man. Oh, go back and if you if you're not familiar, just do yourself a favor and go back and listen to some of his work. Uh, 1917, he was born.
2: Yes, John Diggerson. I knew Ray Bradbury from Kenosha. Thank you very much.
1: There you go. There you go. Speaking of uh, Wisconsin ties, not there anymore, but Randall Cobb, 33 yep. years old. Yep. Now a jet. Uh, Bill Parcells, Big yeah. Tuna, uh, 82 years old today. 82. Wow. He's 82. Yep. Rudy Rudinger, uh, Notre Dame fame, 75 years old is Rudy. Uh, Paul Molitor, great hitter. Oh, what could he hit? Sixty-seven today, you he, know that.
2: He was known the igniter as the yeah. igniter,
1: third great third baseman for the the old Brewers. And he could hit. Uh, he was a pure, pure hitter. Uh, all right, that's all the birthdays I have. What else do you have birthday wise?
2: Let's see. Coming down the pike here, we have uh, Rodrigo Santoro, who played Xerxes. You ever seen the movies Three Hundred? Yes. Okay, so he was the uh he was the he was the leader of the um the, not the greeks uh who was it the persians remember the ball guy oh. the big ball guy oh you yeah, know he's yeah he's yeah. that's him he, got he's uh, he's 48 today okay. uh rick, rick youn uh man with an iron fist and olympic has fallen 52 years old today uh let's see who else we got Ro- ross marquine who's been in the movies Avengers, Doctor Strange, Invincible, The Walking Dead is 42. Okay. Max Vielander, the oh. former number one tennis player in the world, is 59 today. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have Janu Smith, tight end for the Falcons. Speaking Philadelphia up. native, by the way. That's right. That's 28. Uh, Jahari Evans, another Philadelphia native, former offensive lineman for the Saints, is 40. Heck of a career. Yep. Max Crosby, Raiders defensive end is twenty-six. And someone I'm surprised you missed, my friend. Pat Gillick is 86 today. Oh, I should have gotten that one. Yes, yep. helped the Phillies win a World Series 2008. Yep. All
1: right, very good. Yep. All right, let's go uh, movies. couple from 1997. G.I. Jane yep. uh, with Demi Moore. Uh, 1997 Mimic as well
2: came out of that let me, year. Let me ask you this. Bald Demi Moore. Strong? Yes. Okay, just yes. checking. Yes. cheek right. uh, pulled it off. Uh,
1: yeah, it worked. Yes, she did uh, Death Race 2008, Jason Statham. Uh, when the game stands tall, not a bad uh sports movie if, if you haven't seen it. it, it it's it's solid, it, it's not great, but yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, about a high school in Northern California, uh, from 2014. What else do you have?
2: Uh, My Boss's Daughter with Aston Kutcher. That movie was funny, came yeah. out in 2003. Yep, I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, the sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, 2006. And the cheetahs, gir- cheetah girls, one world, two thousand eight.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. All right. So I have a Phillies lineup for tonight. Let me give you their lineup uh, against uh, the the rookie, the guy, the kid making his debut. Walk- Excuse me, Walker. Uh, you have Schwarber leading off in left yep. field. Okay. Turner hits second at short. Did Castellanos you get third. back
2: into the two hole finally.
1: Yeah, he's back up now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, Harper's DHing. He's going to bat fourth, uh, Bohm five at, uh, first base where he played last night. Real Muto, uh, six catching Stott seven second Sosa, who had a really good game last night with a home run and a good defensive play yep. plays third at eight, uh, in the eight hole. And then, uh, Rojas, Johan Rojas, uh, will bat ninth and play center field. You'll have Taiwan Walker pitching uh for the Phils, um he is a, a you know they he, he gave him they felt like he hit a wall a little bit so they skipped the start for him tried to get him a little bit of extra rest this has had mixed results like it, it didn't the extra time off did not help lorenzen i gave him i think eight or nine days off after the yep. no hitter yep. and he didn't pitch well nola got a little bit of extra rest uh yesterday and he looked it looked like it helped him. So we'll see if it helps Taiwan walk. I, I get a sense that he's going to pitch decently. I just worry about the bats against this guy. that They haven't seen who, who yeah. just got called up. You know, that that's the thing that would concern me more than anything else uh, with them.
2: What is Walker now? 13 and four. Yeah. They win when he, when he pitches, they win. Yeah. 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 They find a way to win. So I like the fact that they have their lucky rabbit's foot on the hill tonight for him. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. So the way this works now, um, eagles wise so tomorrow will be you know basically a walkthrough day and then the game is on thursday there's no uh nothing definitive on who's going to play who isn't going to play what we do know from the cult's perspective is anthony richardson looks like he's going to play in the game um but there there was some bad blood today so for anybody who was oh, on yeah, the field baby. yeah for anybody who was on the field during some of these scuffles you know uh, you could see some some fisticuffs in this one, for sure. I, I, how much do you think, like, I don't know, Nick, Nick and Steichen are both like, hey, take it easy, guys, where they're kind of like, man eh, whatever. Like, they just feel like they almost have to say it, but they don't really care one way or the other.
2: Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to control this thing and, and because they need to get a lot of good looks at certain players, and you don't want to see some knucklehead who lets his emotions get the best of him and get kicked out of a game. There could be a player on the fence. Yeah. Um, who's a little overzealous, and of course, you know when dudes put on the uniform, man, they, they feel like they're these untouchable uh, warriors, right. you know, and they're going to go out there and they're going to give it their all. Last last uh, preseason preseason dress rehearsal before the real deal. There's some bad blood brewing. We've heard comments afterwards. Um, somebody's going to get into something. I'm sure the coaches hope they can minimize this thing and just play football so you can get a thorough evaluation of people. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: All right, that'll do it for us. want to thank our guy, Tone DeShields. Tone, excellent job producing the program. Thank you, Tone. Uh, Everybody in the chat section, thank you guys for participating. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the absolute best. We appreciate it. And we'll see you same time tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. National Football Show with Dan Silio is coming your way next. We will see you tomorrow. For Derek, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Thanks. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.